Welcome to the Podcasters Cup. My name is George. And I'm Joey. And today, we're going to talk about some movies. And we have a special guest. So, yes, today we are going to have a special guest, one yeah. of my best friends for over 10 years now, I think, 2010 is when we first met, uh, Grau. Hey. Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for being on. I know you were, like, constantly asking me when you were going to be on, when you were going to be on, so this is great to Long-time have Long-time caller, first-time listener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I have been begging. I've been like, and this one, today's... Uh, choice of movies is like my forte so i'm really excited to talk about this one yeah yeah uh the, but for those of you that don't know we're gonna po- talk about groundhog day movies uh which is coinciding with the time that that when this comes out right yeah, yeah i believe groundhog day comes out like i think a day, day or two before. day before okay yeah, yeah. yeah day unless before. the day yeah. repeats then oof. Anyway, i mean if we get stuck <laughs> in a groundhog day scenario then that this would episode would never air oh my god <laughs> imagine <laughs> we're just <laughs> recording this episode every single day i know building new opinions yeah, how, my question though is how would you get out of 2020 uh based on all these movies right I mean, oh, how would you end up getting out? That's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, you don't get out. That is the point. <laughs> <laughs> but before we start talking about that, you as usual, did you guys ever talk? Did you guys watch any movie trailers or anything like that? You know what's funny? I think I watched one, but I don't remember what it was no? anymore. No, I watched uh, Jason Segel one. Have you guys watched this? It's uh, oh! our friend Casey Affleck. Um, I forget the girl's name. Wait, are you saying Casey Affleck is Casey our friend? Casey Affleck is in the movie, and, and it's... Is our friend? Huh? Because you said he's our friend? No, that's the name of the movie, dude. Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, friend, yeah. Our friend is the name of the movie? Oh, the, our friend yeah. is the name of the movie, Casey Affleck, Jason Segel, and I forget the lady's name. Mm. Yeah, but, I mean, Jason Segel hasn't been in a movie since... Dakota Johnson. Oh, okay, her yeah, name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, interesting. She, she uh. has, like cancer or something like that and always with cancer yeah and then i yeah i know and then casey affleck is kind of like dealing with his wife with cancer and he has kids or whatever Uh and they always looked over after jason siegel's character and jason siegel's trying to pay it forward by being there for casey affleck's character and just kind of like helping him with the kids and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. and then i kind of he kind of just helps not only casey affleck but dakota johnson's character Uh and like making it a lighter uh, period of time, you know, rather than, like, being sad all the time. Did they show Red Room or anything like that in that movie? (laughs) No, no. no. It was actually pretty good. And it's supposed to come out soon on Prime. And I think... Oh, it's a Prime movie? It's a Prime movie. Oh, cool. I think it's supposed to come out around March, which, since they moved the Oscars to, like... April? April. I think that's why they're doing it around that time. So that could be like an Oscar contender. Are, and that's that's are what they saying re- that the are they saying that the movies that come out January, March, February are going to be a part of the last year for the Oscars? I feel mm-hmm. well I haven't been able to look into it, but I think me and Joey were talking about that that we think it's going to be like they're pushing back the entrance date to be mm-hmm. qualified for award season because mm-hmm. like oh. no movie all a lot of movies were put in like hold because of obviously covid that i think they're moving right. the date back and because i know news of the world is supposed to be an oscar movie and yeah. that isn't coming out until like 
mid February, I think. Something like that. I thought uh, it was already out. I don't I don't think it is, is it? Not I have no I've, idea. I haven't seen it on anything. Because it's an Apple movie, right? Oh wait. Grow, did you see it somewhere? You saw it already? I I I I have seen it already. Oh, okay. Well oh. what did you think about it? Because we talked about it a bunch, but we never if we haven't watched it. What? News of the world. So whenever you're playing against Tom Hanks, who does brilliant work by himself, right? Of yeah. course. It's it basically plays between the main character and a young female actress. And what I will say about the movie is that she holds her own against Tom Hanks and she does a fantastic job. I can I, though I could say that I think a lot of people who watch it might think the, the pacing's a little slow. Um, but I think it hmm. actually works really well with the relationship between Tom Hanks and this little girl. You know what I'm getting? I'm getting adoptive father vibes, like Midnight Sky, uh, Now News exactly. of the World. And there's another movie that just came out. I think Kevin Costner, where he's like... Kevin Costner? Yeah. My, my, my boy <laughs> Kevin oh, Costner's coming yeah. out? <laughs> Kevin Costner and um, uh, she, the, the Superman's know. mom in the new movies. Uh, yeah, Diane yeah, Lane. Yeah, Diane Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diane Lane. Oh, the one that you were telling me about yeah, where yeah, they, yeah. they're like trying to get this kid who's yep. being abused by his like mm-hmm. other parents and stuff? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember this. Well, anyways, yeah, yeah that, that, that seems to be like a theme coming up now that where it's like the adoptive father, which brings me to the other movie I've heard about, uh, the mother-daughter like duo. Have you guys heard of this movie called Gunpowder's Milkshake? No, that sounds like a really weird name, though. It, it's a really weird name, but the guy who directed it, uh, I'm probably botching this, but it's Novat Pupushado. Oh, okay. Pupushado. Yeah, you totally made fun of his name. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, so his movie that came out like in 2013, 2014 or whatever, uh-huh. Quentin Tarantino said like that was his favorite movie of that year. Wow. It was Big Bad Wolves. And I really wanted to watch it, but it was like an, in another language and it was kind of hard to find. Mm. Uh, so, but anyways, he made this movie with uh, Lena Headey and uh, Karen Gillan. Oh, okay. And they're like the from what I've read and what I've known is that they're like these kind of like this action like hero kind of movie mm-hmm. where the one of them is a spy or something that has to team up with their parent or with a parent figure, and they're like it's like a typical like shoot 'em up, and supposedly mm. it's that people who have seen it in like festivals and stuff like that yeah say it's really good what what's the name but, of this movie one more time gun gunpowder milkshake Ooh, that's dope that sounds like a weird name but i'm down to watch it i mean that's the one thing about movies is just like i don't if it's easily accessible i'll more than likely watch it yeah some movies are really hard to find like for example today's like movie with source code i had to end up downloading showtime and i thought man i've been spoiled i've been so spoiled with hbo max <laughs> I, I use showtime Got their 30-day free trial. Damn. They don't even have an app on a PS5. I had to oh, yeah. so, Google Chromecast it. Well, I'm going to tell you this then. While you have that Showtime 30-day, uh, go watch uh, Black Monday. Great show. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, on yeah. Showtime. I'm Fantastic gonna try to, show. This whole like 30... I'm glad that they... That's the one thing I'll the give chai Showtime. Also, the Chai also. Yes. The good. That's the one good thing about I like about Showtime is that it gives you 30 days. Most times they're like, oh, seven, seven days. Day. I'm like, how the hell seven am I supposed days. to watch an entire three series? You're not supposed to watch it. But, I, but I have to. Yeah. I have to. So like, I'm going to watch Kidding. I want to watch The Chai. And then you're telling me which one? Black Monday. It's a, it's a great, it has, um, uh, oh man, uh, I can't think of his name right now. War Machine from Avengers. Um, Don Cheadle. I'm, say that again? 
Don Cheadle? Yeah, Don Cheadle. It has Don Cheadle, and it's set in the 80s right before Black Monday, the where the financial markets crashed. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, and, and it talks yeah. About, it's like a comedy slash drama. It's done really, really well. I really mm-hmm. like it. Uh, it's great Doesn't James Marsden also come out in it? Say that again? Doesn't James Marsden also come out in it? I don't think so. He's like the white guy in it? I don't think he's it. in it. No, no that's someone else. That's it's someone else, I think. Okay. But it's 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 really well made. I recommend it, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, that was just annoying me. That, like Showtime, okay. I couldn't use it. So nap. you said like four different shows. You said thirty days. <laughs> I'm gonna talk to you on <laughs> March first. I mean, and kidding, I'm gonna be like, let's be honest. I'm going to watch all of Kidding for sure because it's Jim Carrey and it's two seasons. We'll I should see. be able to do it. Okay. I'm like, I'm. Running out of shows. Most of my anime <laughs> stuff is like I'm okay. slowly ending, so I have to like calm down on most of my you shows. You guys heard it here first. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember this. I'm gonna write it down on my like <laughs> my little calendar. I'm gonna be like circle a big old date <laughs> that says February. I'm gonna say February 28th because I'm what you started it your trial what yesterday yesterday yes February 28th. I'm gonna give you 30 days. Okay, and then I'm gonna talk to you and be like, hey, remember you said you're gonna watch all of Kidding, and I'm not gonna remind you the uh-huh. day before or anything because I don't want you to God bust a George <laughs> and, like, like, <laughs> and like stay up watching it all. <laughs> stay up all night. <laughs> not gonna, yeah, you're not I mean, gonna that's have a chance, George. George you're, you're out on this one. I mean, I'm not. I'm not promising the chai, and I'm not promising Black, Monday. Black Monday, but I will promise kidding. Okay. I mean, even because my thinking is, if Danielle doesn't want to watch it, she says she wants to watch it. If she doesn't uh-huh. want to watch it, then I'm just gonna binge it by myself. Wait, so she says she wants to watch it? She says she wants to, which is the only reason I might not be able to do it. Yeah. That's why I'm not promising yeah. the other two shows. I'm promising I'm a, kidding. I'm gonna tell you that I'm, right now. I'm gonna tell you, anytime I try to watch a show with my wife, which you know I love watching <laughs> shows with my wife, but it takes. 20 times longer <laughs> yeah. to watch it does uh, of course it does it, it always takes so yeah. much longer you're like hey you want to watch that show and it's like no i think i'd rather watch you know gossip girl again like gossip girl again like girl. <laughs> you already finished it that's literally some a conversation i've had i'm not surprised yeah. wendy really loves gossip girl <laughs> but my thing right now is like i i want to watch it because i have the 30 days yeah and but i mean it's a little frustrating because again there's no ps5 app so i can't watch it on the big screen outside which yeah, annoys yeah. the crap out of me but I'm like, I have, I'm going to have to do either cast it, which, my God, I hate casting things. It, it's frustrating to, oh, like, yeah. to, like, use their app. Like, luckily, Showtime was pretty easy. Like, when you just, I just typed in source and it came up immediately. But mm. some of these apps, like the old HBO uh, Go and yeah, those app were pretty terrible. Hard. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to watch these TV shows. Okay. And the last movie that I, I read or heard about was mm-hmm. uh, Spiral. Spiral. It was it, Spiral from the Book of Saw. That's the total title. Oh, this yeah. is the one with Chris Rock. Yeah. And Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Like, have I you guys heard about this? I have. No? Yeah? No. It's fucking good, dude. Yeah, like, it looks good? The, it looks really good. Like, I, I think it was, like, maybe after the fifth Saw that I was, like, actually, I want to say third, third Saw. Yeah. Third Saw was completely checked out. Mm-hmm. But I found out that between two, three, and four... Mm-hmm. Were they were all directed by the same guy? Yeah, it was wasn't it James Wan? Yeah, and he's coming back to uh, direct this yeah. one. Uh huh. And so okay. pretty much what brought him back was the rock, uh, the rock, Chris Rock, Chris Rock, <laughs> the original rock, <laughs> <laughs> the original rock. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Chris Rock was like, oh, uh, like I have an idea for that. Like you know where they messed up was like there wasn't enough comedy in it. Like uh-huh. if you sprinkle in a couple of laughs, it makes it a really good movie. Like that's yeah. why. 
that the first one was super serious and that's what made it really cool like that twist at the end yeah i mean that twist is dope that was a really good and twist. then after that you don't really have a twist anymore so it's just a literally a gore m- movie yeah and you kind of like that kind of it's good for a while but after a while it's kind of you're like eh yeah, so, I think I think it was the second one that was the the house one, right? Yeah, the house one was good. So I read a little bit more into it. I, I did a little deep dive after uh-huh. I watched the trailer because I didn't even know this movie existed. existed? I've been yeah. seeing a bunch of stills of it because Rock, Chris Rock keeps posting about it. So apparently, the director was like, "Dude, Chris Rock went in deep with this movie. Like, he didn't make. He's not getting, giving himself a writing credit, but he's he rented out a hotel with all the writers." And went page or line by line for each for all the lines on the on the script, mm-hmm. and he taught and he rewrote and kind of like they worked it out and they like did a whole bunch of different rewrites for this specific movie about that specific script. Interesting. And then he was so into it, he like went into like a little bit of production design, how he kind of wanted the what? movie to look. He's oh. an executive producer in it, so he like invested I, I, a lot of it. So if you look at the trailer. The trailer, I mean the trailer, the poster, mm-hmm. it's literally Chris Rock in an empty street and it's all foggy and there's only one light, which makes me think like, is, I, I'm getting like Adam Sandler in, uh, oh, what's that gems movie? Uncut gems oh, movie. Oh, okay. Like he, it's oh, kind of okay. like a serious role for him. And he kind of was like, you know what? I'm going to do it like my buddy Adam Sandler and kind of go in deep into this and role. And like put all my dice in this one movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This would be, this would be Chris Rock's first horror film, right? Yeah, yeah, and he hasn't been in anything else. Yeah, because it's always been comedy. He's always been cast as some random comedy or like that, maybe slight action, but that's it. And that's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's. It, I, I remember seeing the the stills a while back and being like, "Really, Chris Rock's making a horror movie?" And then I found out that it was uh, based upon like the Saw movies, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That's a little bit weird. Those movies are terrible." Mm-hmm. But then when I started hearing the cast and hearing that Chris Rock was really involved yeah. and that James Wan came back. I was like, man, James Wan right now is writing high on the freaking horror movies list of like everything oh, yeah. he makes so far has been really good in my opinion. I even because didn't he direct Aquaman? Yeah, that I was mean, his last movie he directed. I I know a lot of people <laughs> trash on Aquaman. Talk about that. And if, and if people <laughs> if people want to come at me, like I I still think it's an a okay movie. Yeah. It's not the worst of the DC movies for sure. Yeah, but the one movie news which I was gonna bring up is that did you hear they finally announced when uh, the Snyder Cut comes out? No, I didn't coming know. out March 18th. March. What? March 18th. Yeah. Ooh, what do you think is gonna be get more views? Uh, that or whatever else Fal- you brought to ask me. Uh- <laughs> whatever else you brought to say. Oh, really? You think like Falcon and the? What's I- oh yeah, I mean, if we're talking Winter Soldier and the Falcon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Winter Soldier and the Falcon is yeah. gonna get way uh- more people to watch it. So, like George, I'm a huge DC fan, deep in the comics, deep all that yeah. stuff. And I'm going to tell you this, I absolutely detest most of the DC films. I, oh. I don't think they do them justice at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm they, on you. I, I'm kind of on the same page with that. I'm not that deep into the DC world. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a Marvel guy. I've always, but DC has kind of always been there. You have the Flash. Yeah. That's your one. I, I've been really into the Flash, but I think, yeah, same thing with the DC movies. Like, they're always missing. I think Shazam was like the best one that's of the newer, yes. yeah, the yeah. newer ones have come out. Shazam. And then. The original Wonder Woman was decent until the original end. Wonder Woman was good, yeah. uh, except for the the new one. Eighty percent of the new one, but you guys already talked about that. Eighty percent, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> of it was great, and I would say the last twenty percent kind of sucked. Yeah. So, uh, since we have Gray on, I, I want our listeners, the twenty of you listening. Well, I guess <laughs> I should say the nineteen of you listening, because Growl <laughs> listens to the podcast yeah. to like kind of get to know Growl a little bit. So, Growl, you you groaned at the fact that it was a horror movie. 
What is one of your favorite? What is your favorite genre of movie then? Do you have Oof. one? I know, I know that these questions are extremely complicated for people who really love movies. Like we all love movies. The people who are coming on the podcast all love movies. But if you had to choose one, which one would you not want to get rid of? I guess it's a sci-fi. Problem. Sci-fi. Right off the bat, yeah. There's no like the whole idea of science fiction and how it blends between drama and um, you know futurism and like hope and despair like mm. all in the same genre you can get uh, so much many more emotions out of it that i just love it i mean that, that's completely fair i think i mean did you watch midnight sky we talked about it this past week i did oh, what did you think of that movie? i did <sighs> mixed emotions is the best way i don't think it's a bad movie by any stretch of the means i think it's a decent movie that i enjoyed watching but i would not say oh my god that was an amazing movie yeah right yeah, me, me and Joey are obviously along the same lines. We just felt like it was just the story and the idea could have been good, but overall the writing of the dialogue was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, but again, it's one of those things you have to have George Clooney play off himself and again, a little kid. Mm. You, it's very difficult to kind of have that work and then you have the, you know, the disconnect between him and the crew and there's no communication between the two sides for, what, 90% of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's when we finally have some like actual movement in the story. Isn't that like kind of like window 15 minutes? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly what Joy was bringing up is that he didn't like the idea of the two groups being separated for so long. Pretty much. Yeah. I don't like we, we mm-hmm. mentioned and made the joke. It's like this, this movie is like a shittier version of The Martian, because at least yeah. in The Martian, you have communication, be it through like emails or like text messages. It's still something. Yeah. I think they got around with to it because like. Um, what's his, they did the whole Wilson thing where Matt Damon is just kind of talking to a computer. He doesn't know if it's going out there oh, yet. Okay. He's not receiving anything yeah. back. Right. And so same thing with Castaway. Like he, uh, Tom Hanks did like was talking to a volleyball most of the time, and yeah. you feel like there's something there, even though even that provokes an emotion because you're like, wow, you feel bad for this guy who's like literally has to talk to a volleyball or <laughs> has to talk to a laptop, the rest yeah. of the time, and he doesn't know yeah. who he's talking to. Yeah. And then as opposed to George Clooney, where he just literally just did talk to anybody but i want to tell you the difference between martian and uh midnight sky is that the writing in the martian is fantastic i mean andy weir in general like i don't know the other author of the book uh of the midnight sky book but andy weir in general is a freaking amazing author it was andy weir yeah don't even do that <laughs> uh, okay so here's another question girl maybe a little bit more of an interesting well, if you can remember, because this is usually tough, do you remember the first movie you ever watched in a movie theater? Oh, in a movie theater. I think it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, no <laughs> way. Really? <laughs> like the original, like, go ninja, go ninja, yeah, go. Well, I mean, that's know, number and, uh, two, but yeah, sure. I, yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's great. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Damn. I don't know. Yeah. You don't got one, Joey? Huh? Do you, oh, have one? do you remember yours? Yeah. What was it? Pinocchio. Shut up! You watched Pinocchio over there. Yeah. Uh, my, Wait, I don't know. How my did you parents watch took Pinocchio me to like, in the movie. And no, no, no. The, it was in Mexico, so like they sh- back then they used to show old movies in theaters. Oh. And my mom, took, my mom used to take me to stuff like that. Like my mom took me to go watch Lion King like a bunch of times. Well, that's why it's one of your favorite. Movies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. She took me to see it in theaters like I think three times. She said, and she's like, and you fell asleep like. All, like two of the times though it's like but you didn't want to leave <laughs> and anyways but yeah so uh, yeah they back then it did this was what back in the 90s so mm-hmm. like they didn't really receive that many well they did receive newer movies but you had to pay a lot more 
Yeah. And no. so my parents would take me to like old like vintage theaters where like they mm. show like old movies, you know? That's interesting. So, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a really interesting point. Is like Mexico has a lot of different things. Like, there's a movie theater right down the street. Yeah, I didn't time travel and like no? go watch Pinocchio. Uh, I was about to say, like, damn, that's awesome. That's what I was wondering. That <laughs> Did you have to blow up a goat? <laughs> no, yeah, but I remember seeing that in theaters, and uh, my mom always remembers, like, yeah, you cried. And I'm like, I did? And she's like, yeah, you cried when you thought Pinocchio was dead. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Pinocchio, what about you, George? Honestly, I try to remember, and I can't. I, I, I can't physically remember what movie. Like, there's a bunch of movies, experiences that I remember having that, like, I, I go into the movie theater, buying the ticket, and watching it, but I can't remember which first one it was. Mm. I, I have to assume it had to be some kind of kid's movie. Care Bear. But, I mean, I don't think the Care Bears were big during my time. Care Bear Stare! <laughs> like, I have a bunch of, like, interesting movie theater experiences. Like, I remember watching uh, the first original Pokemon movie when, like, getting off a plane and oh. telling my dad, like, we got to our, like, we got to the house yeah. and the electricity was out. And, like, we were like, well, we can't do anything. I was like, let's go to a movie theater. Yeah. And then I dragged him to go watch Pokemon at, like, nice. 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> he cool. fell asleep within the first 30 minutes. <laughs> but the movie was rad. Yeah, the movie was cool. Um, so girl, I mean, what, what is it about movies that you enjoy? Are you more of a television person or do you enjoy movies? All right. I'm double checking. You guys can hear me, right? Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I think I lost you guys for a second there. Oh. Um, so two things really quick. Uh, I, I have to first give out a shout out. My brother was the one that paid for my first movie experience. Uh, he oh. paid it with his earnings from his pay, uh, when he was throwing papers, my, when, a lot of you, I know you know this, George, but you know when I grew up, I it was I was a very poor family, and uh, my my brother was doing a paper route, and uh, his gift to me was taking me to uh, the movies uh, to see that movie, uh, Ninja Turtle. So it, it's actually wow. several kind of layers to that one. Uh, as for movies versus TV, great question. I think it depends on if it's going to be like something that has like a continuation like a good solid series or if it's something that's going to be just that one shot that experience i think if you want to just talk about experience you know something like shawshank redemption is perfect in my opinion as a story right you get all the emotions that you want and you you feel satisfied by the end of that movie but but if you get something like uh that is supposed to have like a lot of story driven stuff uh like say i don't know lord of the rings might be a good example of that Okay. You can really only explore that that like real character development in a series. Like you can only get that in a TV series. Oh, so okay. if you really want like that character development that you really want in interactions, you the TV series is where you want to get it at. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean I that's that. That, that that's a really good apt way of doing it. I mean cuz right now Netflix has a bunch of TV and movies coming out. But I still think mm-hmm. that we were talking about this past week that like their their TV selection of what they've created is a lot better and more cohesive than a movie in itself. And I think a lot of yep. people now growing up are starting to feel that like movies aren't as necessary or as they're not as sought after. Because I remember every weekend there was a movie I wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, obviously yep. we're in a COVID world, but like before this whole thing happened, there wasn't a movie that I felt like at best it was like one per month, maybe. Yeah. Or like two yeah. on a good month. But like now I feel like it's more about like television because of the long format that television offers. Yeah. So I was curious yeah. on how you feel that I, way. Do you rewatch movies? 
Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, so I'm actually doing right now uh, with my family is um, we have a huge list of movies from the last 40, 50 years that oh, we randomize. We hit a button, we randomize, and we watch whatever pops up. Ooh, what? that's cool. That's a really good idea. That's like that uh, the movie calendar or something like that. Oh you yeah, you like scratch off, yeah. scratch it off, and then it's have, like a movie. You have, have that, that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I've my, always my wanted to buy My wife gave it to me as a present. Ooh, so damn, that's that's rough. Because <laughs> I, so, I, there's the, a lot of movies on there that I'm like, I really don't want to watch that. Like, I forced myself to watch Citizen Kane, and I was like, mm, okay, I'll watch this. <laughs> like, but I was only mainly, I, I, yeah, I was mainly yeah, fueled I, by I, the movie Mank. <laughs> what mm-hmm. were you gonna say? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna say like, um, with with that kind of situation, you know, y- you get these movies that are quote unquote the best movies ever. Yeah. Right. And a lot of them, they're so disconnected from where we're at right now as a society mm. in a lot of ways that they don't hold up as well as they did. Like case in point, Citizen Kane about newspaper and controls and like how you influence media and stuff like that. Right. While some of it still kind of applies right now, it's not to the same extent that like social media has taken over and stuff like that, you know. Hmm. Um, so that's a good, good point, point, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, moving on, let's see if I got another one that I really like. Do you have, I mean, I, again, know, (laughs) like, some of the answers to these questions, but I just wanted to get them to know. Maybe there's a conversation spark between Joey and Grau. Um, What is your most what-the-hell moment in a movie? Usual suspects, probably. Oh, that's a good Uh, answer. That's a good answer. I feel like I'm on prices right. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) Yeah, I think the ending of Usual Suspects, I remember sitting there going... Oh my God, that, that is a great ending. Um, yeah. and I don't want to spoil that. I'm not like Joey and spoil things. Damn. Yeah, always on his, on his case about spoiling things. We have a rule on the podcast. If yeah. it came out more than 20 years ago, I mean, even five years ago, yeah. come on. No, I'd say 20, 20 yeah. or, or 10 at the minimum. I'll be like, come on. Yeah. If you, if you haven't watched okay, it now, so, you probably didn't want to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I no, mean, the, just the whole, the whole, the whole, like that. I mean, obviously, him as an actor now, no one likes him, right? Yeah. But still, that movie is that reveal of 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 just watching him walk. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's that's the reveal is just him walking and then hit changing from him like having the cripple and and then straightening out is such a fantastic reveal that. It's so, so well done. And, yeah. you know, he, they didn't have to say it. It just happened. It all kind of worked out and played out. And with the pictures and everything, I just absolutely love that reveal. Um, and, you it, know, and it, kind it, of related it, to that, my, uh-huh. I actually recorded uh, my son when he found out that Darth Vader is Luke's oh, father. Oh, nice. Oh, damn, that's a so, great one. So I kept everything secret and i purposely did the mm-hmm. the order of the films in a unique way okay so we did four five one two three six yeah that's the that's the way joey always wants people to watch the movies too yeah i will except i say skip one maybe watch the ending of one and then watch two and three and the just same order as you did and then watch six because mm-hmm. you get to see the climactic story of these two characters mm-hmm. both luke and Ana- anakin and then finally come to this mm-hmm. final conclusion in Return of the Jedi where they finally do this all-out battle mm-hmm. and then, you know, obviously win. That's the only, in my opinion, that's the only way to watch the films. And yeah. um, 
you know, I, I, I'm not a fan of the prequels, none of the prequels. I do like Ewan. I do like the battle scenes, like the mm-hmm. fight scenes are just brilliant. But yeah. um, choreography I definitely think, went high in the prequel yeah. prequels. But like everything else is kind of yeah. like, eh. yeah. I, I think they need I to follow, re- I, and I think the new movies need to follow anything that they make from here on out. Need to follow what the uh, Mando's doing in mm. regards to um, uh, using uh, practical effects more often. Uh, that's a big thing, and then um, having Dave Filoni being in charge of everything. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Dave Filoni is a brilliant author, and he understands the lore of Star Wars better than I think anyone has ever understood it. And that's that might be a slight towards freaking George Lucas, but I think he's just more true to the story that George Lucas created. Can I say something about yes. Dave Filoni? Yeah. Did, yeah. You know, did you know that he he actually likes the prequels? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I've heard him talk yeah. about like no. yeah, about well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he, yeah, what he does is he goes and he goes, oh, the reason behind yeah. that, this <laughs> <Yeah>. little comment. <laughs> like, yeah. he makes, like, I've heard him interview about the prequels and he makes me want to rewatch them. Yeah. Because, like, I know Danielle doesn't really, like, she likes Star Wars and she gets into it, but she, I don't think she's ever really rewatched all the prequels for good reason, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. there's a lot of good scenes in those movies and there's a lot yeah. of good story beats that I think... They nailed really well, but they just, as a whole, it's just really boring and long. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's not very, like, almost space opera-ish. It's more just, like, De- democratic trade yeah, and uh, exactly. federation. I'm like, oh, <laughs> we you need to talk the to the Senate. That, right? Because he was trying to, they were trying to emulate George Dune in, in those aspects. Like, you know, with the whole idea of spice trade and how that modifies mm-hmm. the entire universe, stuff like that. So, right. like, you can't really... I can't fault him for trying to do it, but that wasn't the reason why we were watching Star Wars in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, the wrong movie. Like, hey, that should have been a book. That should have been, a, yeah, it's a whole separate thing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. not, not something that Jar you're Jar Jar to... and the Trade Federation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many good things that came out of Star Wars, but at the same time, so many bad, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at my list real quick to see if there's anything else I want to ask you. Joey, do you got any questions for him? Uh, yeah. So... What out of out of the movies you've watched, like randomized with your family, what's been the best one so far? Oh, that's a so it depends. Are you talking about my daughter? Or are you talking about my son? Because that's two different answers. Uh, I'm proud Ooh. of my daughter in this aspect. She loved Princess Bride. Okay, oh, okay, yeah. I still haven't watched it. You never watched Princess Bride? Not all the way through. Oh, though. fall asleep every oh. time. Every time. Oh. Every time. It's a good movie. You're, you're killing yeah, me. Man. You're uh, <laughs> uh, I, it's because I watch movies really late at night. I have to be really invested in the movie, or in, in order for me to watch, like Edge of Tomorrow, which we're going to talk about today. I had a, I fell asleep and I had to rewind, and and at the most climactic part too. And I, I wasn't bored by it. It was, anyways. We'll we'll get into it. <laughs> and then, I'm getting ahead of myself. Interestingly, interestingly, uh, my son's favorite is what you talked about last. Was it last week that you were talking about? Oh, you're talking about it with the trailers. Godzilla. Oh, the, wait, which one? The like the 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 one with Brian Cranston. Oh, and, oh okay, uh, and, that one's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I really like just like watching scene. monsters. Yeah, I told you. I mean, there's it, some people who just love monster movies, and that's like a legit genre that has not been explored enough. No, it has. I mean, it used mm-hmm. to get explored a lot in the what was it, like the 80s, 90s with a lot of the yeah. kaiju movies, but mm-hmm. they haven't really gotten them back. And now we're slowly starting to get back to that stage. I wish like Marvel would have done that with the Hulk. No, anyways. Oh yeah, I mean they tried. I think they, they, just... they can't. Well, now they can because now they own it again. 
Um, yeah. But they couldn't at the time because of the who owned the rights to right, the Right, Universal. Yeah. Mm, that's right. Yeah. All right, well. I mean, I guess we I guess, can slowly start moving into the movies. I think we, we've well, gotten a little bit into Like it. we said, we watched Groundhog Day movies, kind of. And right. we watched, the first one we're going to talk about is Source Code. Yes. And that's with Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Jeffrey Wright, and uh, Michelle Monaghan, right? And Vera Farmiga. Yeah. So here's an mm-hmm. interesting about thing about Groundhog Day movies, right? I, in my personal opinion, I think the original Groundhog Day is it's the one that created the whole trend, right? It w- there was no movie or show. I feel like there might have been. I was trying to think if there was a um, what do you call it? Uh, Twilight Zone episode about it, but I didn't get a chance to look it up. Does- I I can't remember anything like like Groundhog Day per se, but I think it's something that's been played with, but I just can't think of. Yeah, maybe like, a TV show or something like that. But yeah, I can't really think of it off the, the top of my head. The the amount of like TV shows and movies that have come out using the same kind of ploy that a Groundhog Day uses is insane. I feel like you're not a real TV show, especially a sci-fi TV show, <laughs> yeah. unless you do a Groundhog Day. Yeah, that's true. Like one of my yeah. one of my favorite TV shows that I never really talk about is Stargate, and Stargate has an actual freaking Groundhog Day episode, and it is ridiculously well done. Like. We all like there's a trend in all these movies of them waking up at a certain point. Like mm-hmm. uh, in the original Groundhog Day, it's the song playing on the alarm clock that just keeps hitting them yeah, over yeah. and over again. Um, in Palm Springs, he wakes up to her voice. Yeah. And but yeah. in Stargate, one of the characters named Teal'c, he every time he replenishes, he refreshes, he gets smacked in the face with a door. <laughs> and it's just like a slight little thing that's just like that's brilliant yeah. to mess with. And I think these movies do that. They all like. Get the idea and they tweak it to kind of make it their own. Okay. I, but yeah, so it? yeah, you mentioned Stargate. I thought it was Quantum Leap that did that. Um, Quantum uh, Leap might uh, is a version of a Groundhog Day, but it because it's like him jumping into different people's bodies. Okay, it's different because that's what this movie does. That like he jumps into different people's bodies. And yes. the, the reason I bring that up because you can hear Scott Bakula's voice. Yeah, I have that written down too. Oh, okay, <laughs> I think all three of us had that. <laughs> That's the first thing that, because the first thing he says is, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly yeah. his opening line. And the only reason I, I recognized I, it was because I, I watched the Quantum Leap episode of uh, It's Always Sunny, like a few days oh, before. Oh, oh, really? They they Great. do one where like, yeah, it's really funny though. It's like the gang is like, in, is, is black. Oh, They're, wow. They find themselves in like black bodies and <laughs> it's it pretty funny. Anyways. <laughs> Well, were you going to say something? I, I was going to throw in the, actually that I thought that source code and it's to kind of strike up this conversation. I don't think source code is as much of a Groundhog Day movie as the other two. Yep. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with it as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching it. And I was like, this isn't Groundhog Day. This is just Quantum Leap meets freaking Groundhog Day. It, it's it's a Groundhog eight minutes. Yeah, that's what it is. It's not a yeah. Groundhog Day. It's, it's just eight minutes. But they don't play with it. They they don't play with it at all. Uh-huh. They the whole time you're watching the movie, you think at some point he's going to do something that like you go, oh look how he made this part better or something like that. And they never yeah. really get into it. It's not like the other two where there's drastic changes that they can create. He's constantly keeping it within this very 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 small world, and it doesn't really, unfortunately, it doesn't really change. And I don't think it's a to me it doesn't feel like a Groundhog Day movie. It feels more like a cheap version of Quantum or I should say a big budget quantum leap film um, yeah. I, I that guess I can, doesn't really get across. I see. Here's the thing. There is like 
There are slight things that happen in source code that remind me and make me feel that it is a Groundhog Day movie. Like the subtlety with the coffee, like that it spills on him every single time is something that I think is proven to be a shtick for a Groundhog Day movie, like dodging coffee, dropping something. And if something gets, he catches something like those are small things that it adds to the movie. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's not a Groundhog Day movie because it's not a full day. But I mean, on this podcast, we constantly add movies that don't fit the actual topic. Yeah, <laughs> so, we've done that. Like this isn't the first time. Yeah, <laughs> but like I wanted to bring it. I want. I was the one that chose source code. Yeah, yeah. Jo- Joey didn't choose it. Grouted. Yeah, I did. Uh, oh, yeah. we we agreed on it. Yeah, yeah. But it, I mm-hmm. I was the one that brought it up. And the reason I brought it up is because one, I actually really enjoy this movie. I think it does something very unique with the Groundhog Day effect. Like, uh, there's like uh, there's small little details when you look at the movie and you think about it, like. It's about this quote unquote thing called a source code, mm-hmm. right? So it is a computer program that is being redone over and over and over again using the brain waves of a dead person. Not really spoilers because this movie came out in 2011. <laughs> so, like, if you didn't watch it 10, 10 years, years ago, ago, you're not going to watch, watch it now, now. probably. Um, and again, as with every spoiler thing, I tell you, go back and read that damn article I said. It doesn't ruin anything. It's still a great movie, in my opinion. But it, it does. The, the idea that he kind of just is so focused and determined on what he's doing at first watch when I watched it as a kid or I mean, I don't think I was a kid, but when I watched it the first time, I thought, oh, he's doing it out of a sense of duty because he's a quote unquote patriot. But I think mm-hmm. the more I watch it, the more he does it because he is a computer program. He's not really a human being anymore. He has feelings. He has emotions. But he like when they're running through the like, oh, what were the five cards? What was the name of the girl? Yeah. Um, it yeah. is all really quick and snappy, like how you use a computer. It's yeah. fast that way. And I think that was an interesting use of the Groundhog Day. Like, oh, um, we're going to do these, relive these eight minutes. He has to figure out who's going to bomb the train and bomb God knows where else in Chicago. But it does it in a way that I think is very interesting and unique. And the attention to detail by Duncan Jones, who is the director, really he really took it seriously, which is what I appreciate about mm-hmm. it. But is so but let me ask you, isn't like one of the aspects of Groundhog Day like movies, the idea of becoming almost godlike with your abilities while in there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, we so, totally uh, missed on that. Uh, yeah. Yes, because like with, but he, with in this movie, he never gets that opportunity to like grow himself like i don't see him as a character growing in this world to become someone Mm. different he stays himself the whole way through so like for what he ends up doing is just coming to terms with his own death basically yeah and and coming and that's that's the point of this movie is just him coming to terms with his death not so much of him becoming better as he goes throughout the whole movie and and here's my thing where did you guys think that jake gyllenhaal was the main character or did you guys see vera formiga because out of everybody, she's the one mm. that has the turning point in character where she's like, she's kind of conflicted of what she's doing, but she keeps doing it. And then it was, it's not until the end, spoiler alert, uh, that she kind of kills him nice. for real. He and pulls the she pulls, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, what happens after, I mean, happens after, but uh, she's the one that makes that change where she's going against, you know, what she's being told and doing, thinking for herself. And where Jake Gyllenhaal the whole time thinks for himself and is just going through the motions and Vera Farmiga is the one that sees that and kind of turns, which I don't know if they kind of turned it on everybody where it's like, oh, you think Jake Gyllenhaal's 
main character, it's actually Bear Formiga. Right. I mean, that's a really that's good, a good point. point. It's a good point. I will say Can that... we also just talk about really... Oh, okay. No, no, go for it. Go. I was, I was going to say that... It, is Jeffrey Wright the most typecasted actor ever, by the way? On the <laughs> oh, dude, I was going to say that. Yeah. He's constantly some sort of robotic I hate, douche. I, I hated his character. Why? I'm pretty sure he added the limp mm-hmm. of it, like, or the crutch yeah. like, to his character. Like, there was no reason for his character. <laughs> he's, not, he's not in the arm. He asked him, oh, have you ever been in a combat? He's like, meh. That's not, uh, what, what is it? It's not pertinent to uh, the, yeah, the pertin- task at hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm to like, the, yeah. so, okay, the answer is no. <laughs> Why do you have a crutch? Like, what, what did you do? Like, I what's stubbed the point my toe of that? getting out of my bathroom tub. And then not only that, he completely abandons the idea when he's on the phone. He's like, yeah, he's like, oh, he's all strutting and everything. Doesn't have the cane or yeah. the, the crutch anymore. And then he's all like, and then it comes back when she's like, breaks into his like little laboratory. Right. And he goes like, huh? Oh, no. And then like, he's all slow. He's like, you must get out of this room. Please go now. No, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, just call, get a gun or something. Like, right. I'm like, it's mm-hmm. glass. <laughs> I, I was like really confused by that and mm-hmm. by his character. Like, what was the point of his character of him just being a dick and just being like, oh, I'm the nerdy guy and I created the thing. They needed some sort of villain, I think, in the movie. And and that's yeah. what he that's what he And the bomber was wasn't about. enough. And the bomber wasn't <laughs> enough because like you never meet him until the last ten minutes of the movie. And I think that's something that is tough about the movie is that it's an hour and a half long, which I think le- mm. lends to the fact of why I like the movie. Mm. I don't mind short movies. As yeah. long as it's a cohesive story. Yes, Grail. Actually, all these movies are short. Right? All of these are under an hour forty five. Yeah. Every and, single one of them. And it's and it's a good way of doing it because what are you going to keep showing the audience? You're going to just keep showing them relive another day and another day. This yeah. is actually one of the few times in a Groundhog Day movie where they skip a lot of the montages. Yeah. Like he just has this montage of just keeping coming up, dying, coming up, dying, coming up, dying. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow, they're just going to skip over this type of thing. And again, which leads to the point that Grau was making earlier, that it's not realistically speaking a Groundhog Day movie because you don't see those actions happen. Mm. I guess that's true. But I think that's, I think, but some of it, it has to be also how they grow with interacting with that. And I, I think the only time we actually saw that kind of growth with this was when he's going after the gun. Like, that's the only time that him understanding the actions of the world really kind of played in hand to get something out of this whole situation. Mm-hmm. That was really it. There were, every other time was just, it was very investigative, which is nothing wrong with it. Uh, but it was all investigative and him kind of figuring things out. It wasn't, oh, this happened, so therefore I figured this thing. And, th- and it, wasn't, it wasn't part of the Groundhog Day effect that actually got him to the final answers he needed. That's a good yeah. point. It, it's funny because, like, did you guys notice that? So, like, the, there's, like, a whole thing of, like, cards involved in yeah. this whole thing. And uh, that's the thing that triggers his memory or whatever. But then when they, he says, like, oh, like, we found out that 52 cell phones are inside that the train or whatever mm. just like there's 52 cards in the deck yeah and then uh they, they call their program castle yeah. no it's castle something no, it's, Cas- project, it's operation castle no because i just watched it this morning so it's castle lambridge you or took so long to watch the movie joey yeah that's, <laughs> that's how i get my best memory <laughs> i watched edge of tomorrow like the day before and then right, no, the day before that Anyways, uh, damn, I can't remember. But anyways, Castle something, but that's how many cards it takes to play that game. Oh, okay, yeah, because Castle's also the same kind of idea of Solitaire. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, in Solitaire, it's also, like, weeding out, like, weeding out how to find 
the right answer or something like that. And that's literally what he does throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I, I okay. want to give I want to give a shout out to this movie in the sense that the visual effects for a movie that came out in 2011 are extremely well done. Oh yeah. Like I was reading into some of the visual effects. The moment that they open the van, <laughs> everything is not they, real except for the stars and stripes box. Yeah. It's all CG. And I was like, holy crap. Like you can't that, even tell. That's good. I was like, that's, that's a really re- good. That's incredible to me that Do that you know was why? done. Why it wasn't done? Why they, they couldn't afford like the stuff. No, that was, I, they had that whole Glenbrook station. Mm, it's oh, a set. That's right. Yeah. It's a set because uh, the actual station didn't like pull their permission or something yes, like that. Yeah, yeah. And they had to do like put more money on the CG rather than like, and they had to build a whole thing, right? Yeah. Because so the, the, like you said, they didn't just, have enough time or something like that. Exactly. And like wow. there's, there's other things that are really cool about the movie. Like the explosions are really well done. The way that, the explosion it's a thing that a lot of people don't really do but is realistic is when an explosion goes off you see the the waves being hit on people and you see their skin and flesh move to the consistency of an explosion wait really yeah like you actually get to see it when they do the slow motion explosions all of them are really well done Mm. and you can even see like um what's her what's the main girl's name michelle monaghan yeah michelle monaghan's like face christina christina monaghan no, 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 no. Yeah. Sorry. Christina's her character. Oh, my God. My God. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Michelle Monaghan's character, you can see her face deteriorate as the blast goes through, which is it, it's subtle, but it makes it feel more realistic. Granted, we live in 10 years later where Marvel does all these crazy, incredible things. Yeah. But like for them to do that in 2011, I thought was special. Hmm. And then, you know, talking yeah. talking about that feel, uh, it's interesting. The opening of this film feels very action filmy. Mm. like the whole setup and showing Chicago, Gotham, Chicago, excuse me. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then kind of going through the different buildings and the helicopter shots and right. the train moving. It felt like a, like a, like a mid nineties action film at points in that opening. It does feel like a lethal weapon of movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of intro. Yeah. You're right. And I got the same I, feeling too. At the end when they do the, like the overarching scene of, of Chicago when they're walking through yeah. going to the beam, I was like, Yo, yeah. I'm pretty sure they use the exact same stock footage and got in for Batman Begins. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got those feels too. Uh, actually, going through that. Yeah. <laughs> so when you, yeah, when you're entering Chicago, because when when you leave O'Hare, you have two options. You can either take the train, uh-huh. or you can take the freeway all right. the way down. Um, I took the train, and yeah, going into the city is like. Kind of like that. It's you're like, feeling like Gotham. You can yeah, see I'm going to Gotham. You're going to look out the window. You're going to see the Batmobile driving Yeah, by. I went in like at, at dusk. So it was like, it was like. Right at the time Batman comes <laughs> out to <laughs> fight criminals. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so there's a lot of cool stuff about this movie. But why don't we like it? That, like, if you really think about it, like, I honestly, I'm like, okay with the movie. But there's something about it that I'm just like, it's not just, it's not good enough. Character development, I think, which is what Grau was talking about. Yeah. Is that, like, the way Grau's talking about it reminds me, and I think I, I had thought of this a while back, but I wasn't thinking about it when I was watching the movies, is that these Groundhog Day movies are essentially a version of Joey's favorite story, A Christmas Story. Because, hmm. A Christmas Story, damn, messed I was it like, up. Hmm, a Christmas I Carol. that being my favorite. <laughs> a Christmas Carol. Because uh, by the, you have a terrible person who turns good. And that's the point of a Groundhog Day movie, is you relive the same day to realize your mistakes and how much of a petty person you are. And this doesn't have that. It doesn't have that arc of growing like Rao was saying. And like how you mentioned that it's actually Vera Farmiga's character who really actually does the growing. Yeah. Like that's a subtlety that I think is missing out of this movie that 
might drop it lower in people's likability of it. Mm. Okay. It, you know what I was also wondering? What was stopping Jake Gyllenhaal's character, whatever his name is, Sean or Captain Nile. Coulter? No, that's not Nile. Nile. Captain Coulter or something? Yeah, there you go. Uh, what was stopping him from just like, all right, peace out. Like, I'm, I'm going to see if I can make it to the end of the, past the eight minutes. Like, a- he never tried that. I'm like... <laughs> Come on, man. If it was me, but I'd he, be like... And there's a moment he does. He So the, when he's fighting the, um, I think, Palestinian man... Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's like got the, 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 has the cold, right? He, yeah. It explodes. He fights the guy for a solid 30, 45 seconds and then dies. And that's what resets him. So he can go past those eight minutes. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing that everyone that um, happens again when he first finds the bomb and he gets shot. And then yeah. Monaghan's character also gets shot. He sees the explosion. Technically, he should restart in those eight minutes, but he's still going. And, and that's that's where I think is a subtle little nod to let you know, like, hey, this isn't just him reliving eight minutes. This is a parallel dimension or universe where you can travel off because this really follows, I think along the same lines that end games, time travel works where like, Hey, you go back in time, you split the timeline into another direction. Did you guys know that in the actual screen time, it never actually goes past eight minutes. What do you mean? I mean, like I timed it. And every single time it stops at eight minutes, the longest, no, no, no. The longest time it goes is seven minutes and 30 seconds. Really? Yeah, maybe oh, so I. So you're stopped. telling me every every time he goes back, it's actually staying within those eight minutes. Yeah. Huh. Like that's the actual impressive. screen time, screen time. Like I don't know what he does in between because there's some parts where he's just already up at the top and he mm-hmm. he breaks yeah. it. So like screen time wise, never goes past eight minutes. And that's that's an incredible feat. That's like 1917 level kind of incredible right. idea of thinking. That's yeah. that to me is a good director. Yeah. I mean, do you know what Duncan Jones also directed? He directed another really great movie. Uh, the Care Bears <laughs> that we mentioned earlier. Damn, no, George, way to bring I it really back love Care Bears. <laughs> uh, no, I, he directed Moon with Moon? Sam oh, Rockwell. Oh, that's, that's a, right. Damn. I was reading an article today about this movie about alternate endings, and they yeah. talk about Moon. And and like Damn. Moon is such a mind f of a movie. Like if you if you guys are listening to this and never watched Moon, watch it. It's weird. It's strange, <laughs> but it is a great movie. Mm. Okay. By the way, better version of a Groundhog Day movie than this one. I mean, is Moon. <laughs> kind of, but it's it's not a Groundhog Day movie. He just keeps living. It's not a Groundhog, but you understand the reference I, I, there. I, yeah, yes, I, I agree with you. But and that's uh, one of the crazy things is the cell phone when when Monahan gets the. The question, uh, the the cell phone call from Brian, her ex. Two mm. things about that. One, that's the picture that comes up. That's, that's Duncan Jones. Director, yeah. And two, that's the same song that comes out in Moon. Oh, really? Yeah, to the alarm clock that wakes him up. Hmm. Interesting. Like subtlety things, like oh, again, to add to how great this movie, like like the good things about this movie is that ending when spoiler alert when you finally see what Captain Coulter looks like in his little tank. Oh. That's that's oh, yeah. a prosthetic. That's yeah. not CGI. That's not even at all Jake Gyllenhaal. They legitimately created that, pumped it with air to make it look like he was breathing, and that blew my mind. That was crazy part. Yeah, I was like, when I saw that, I was like, I remember. So I saw this movie in theaters originally. Yeah. And when I remember when it, that to me that was the biggest twist. I was like, <laughs> what? Like, that's what he looks like. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was so tripped yeah. out by that. I was like, ugh. And they nail the practical effect. It just yeah. looks so ridiculous. And I was looking at it, and I remember thinking when I was watching, I'm like, why the heck does he 
look off. Like, uh, why yeah. isn't this CG better or whatever? And then turns out it's because it's a freaking sculpture. It's yeah. like a person. I was like, wow. And they made job. it to look, and they made it to look like he was younger in it too. Oh, they did a little bit. Yeah, because in his mind he probably looks older. Mm-hmm. Good point. There's a lot of good things about this movie, think- but again, what's up? Do you, do you think he took his uh, his prosthetic home, like that prop, just, <laughs> instead, just yeah, to scare his he, wife? <laughs> just to wake Hell up yeah. in the morning, opens it up, and there's like a half body of Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that'd be pretty scary. So wait, lie. what do you guys give this out of 10? What do you guys give this? Uh, I, I give it like a 7.2, I think. Okay. What you, Greg? I'm around a 6. 6? Same here. 6. Six point one two. And both both you and Grau are just harsh critics when it comes to no, movies. No, I mean I just think I, I it's not that good. It's, you know, that, it's good enough for me to tell people I'm like, oh, if you haven't seen it, go yeah, go watch it. You want to know what's crazy? What general consensus is that you're both wrong. We're all wrong. Why? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has this movie at a ninety two percent. What? Out of like two hundred? No, <laughs> no <laughs> not. it has it at a ninety two percent. I still don't understand how the hell they get the scores. IMDb has it at about a 7.8. 7.5. 7.5, which, yeah. is, which is about right. I think that's a fair judgment for this movie. Oh, it's yeah. brought up by Disney. There you go. Oh, it was brought up by Disney. <laughs> Disney always paying off. Right? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if one day Rotten Tomatoes goes like, yeah, we're owned by Disney. <laughs> but oh, the, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is owned by AMC now, I thought. Isn't it? Isn't it like AMC or something or Sony how, movie? Or how does AMC own Rotten Tomatoes if AMC doesn't even own it's, itself? <laughs> no, no, hold on a second. I'm going to tell it's like something like that, that it's a movie studio or something like that. Huh. Wow. That, that's, that seems wrong. <laughs> I would say it'd be like a production studio, maybe. Oh, it's Fandango. There Fandango. it is. Oh, wow. The ticket service. Yeah, I know. I, yes, I know what Fandango is. I have mm. purchased tickets from there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Didn't they have like a thing where like they had Disney movies at a cheaper rate at one point where like they gave you a deal if you like went to go see the Disney movie on like on the I opening night this? or something like that? I remember seeing something I like that. I vaguely remember. And then they stopped. <laughs> well, because Disney was like, give me my money. <laughs> <laughs> they also used to do the whole like buy the this DVD ahead of time and then you get a discount on the ticket, stuff like that mm. too. Oh, well, that's actually a good deal. I mean, mm. like considering the kind of deals that we have talked about on this one, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, well, moving on, let's let's go to the next movie. Let's go to Edge of Tomorrow, which ironically also has a ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Really, ninety three percent? Yep. Percent? Percent? I think this movie deserves it, hands down. I out of the three movies, yeah, I was talking to Danielle. Danielle completely one hundred percent disagrees with me. I say this movie is my favorite one of the three. Yeah, because you're Tom Cruise. No, that's not true. Yeah, I yeah. love Adam Adam Sandberg. Adam Sandberg? Why can't I say that's his name, right? Adam. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's for someone who loves him. <laughs> I, I, no, because I love I love the things he's in. I love when he's doing Lonely Island. I love when he came out in SNL. What's his name? Adam Adam Sandberg. <laughs> what is you his mean name? Andy Andy Sandberg. Sandberg. I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> Anyways, and I love I love Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I think overall he's a really good actor. Uh-huh. That I that. It, Suffers from the same kind of thing that we were talking about with uh, Jeffrey Wright, where he just gets typecasted. Mm. Like he could do more serious roles, and I think in Palm Springs, when we talk about it, you see it. So, but you liked Edge of Tomorrow more. Yes, I think it's a great movie. I think it's a better movie. Mm, I still think you just love Tom Cruise, man. Can you name a Tom Cruise movie that you don't like? Then, um, just... I mean, I'm I sure there's a bunch, but like, like off the top of my head, that I don't, that I don't. Like, like, I mean, it's tough, but I would probably say, uh, what's the bartending movie? I can't think of the name of the movie. Uh, Risky Business. 
No, that's actually uh, here's this one where people yeah. are gonna get mad at me. I've never watched Risky Business. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, the bartender isn't, isn't it Risky Business. Isn't the bartender one Risky Business? No, Risky no. Business is the one where he slides across the floor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Risky Biz. Uh, the one we're talking about is I'll look it up right now. It's like bartender or something. Bartender. No, it's, it's not, not color bartender. of money, is it? No, 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 no. no. That's the one with. Uh, that's the one where he's playing um, pool, right? Yeah, I think that's that's the one. That's the yeah cocktail. That's cocktail. Cocktail. Yeah. So cocktail. I I've only watched once, and I didn't particularly like it that much. I thought it was okay. Most the most thing I got out of that movie was Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, Wait, I wanna you that. watched it? Yeah, I watched it when I was a kid. Oh, what? You've never watched cocktail? No. It's all right. It's not bad. It's just not good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, no. So uh, on on edge of tomorrow, I agree with George. I think this ended up being a very underrated film. I think it suffered significantly by poor marketing, and I think this had an opportunity to be a fantastic series of movies mm-hmm. if they didn't spoil it. Yeah, I mean, I, there was a lot of talks of them making more of these movies. Like, even though the ending it seems like a heroic, happy ending, like they said that they were going to come back and be like, no, nah, it's not how it ends. We're going to redo this all over again. And this movie has that opportunity because even if you change the characters and keep like, I think you still have to keep at the very minimum Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt to make this movie successful and good because they're act Emily Blunt in this movie. Man, freaking tested. She's great. Oh, Emily Blunt's great. Emily Blunt in general, in most movies, she's great. She can carry a movie on her own easily. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. I think I, I the funny thing about this movie is I think I like Emily Blunt's character more than I like Tom Cruise's character. Mm. But we're not yeah. supposed to like Tom Cruise's character in this. We're supposed we're meant to hate Tom Cruise. Like we want yeah. him to die. We mm. want him to live, die and repeat several times. Really? I don't feel that Unintended. way. Like, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a dick. But like, come on, he was blackmailing that general. I mean, I wouldn't want to be on the front lines either. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't. So you're saying you don't like it, Joey? That's not that I don't like it. I just don't think it's the better out of the three. I, I like Palm Springs a lot better. I think this movie has a that lot more character growth. Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Because as much as you guys are saying, like, you're not supposed to like Tom Cruise's character, by the end, you're telling me you don't like Tom Cruise? I, no, I do. I enjoy, I enjoy Tom Cruise by the end of this movie, and I, but I think that was part of it, is that you're meant to hate him in the beginning, and you enjoy watching him die. Until the end, like you don't want him to die at the end because he's earned that right. And I think that's one of the reasons why the movie's called Live, Die, Repeat originally was because of that. Uh, because you're wrong. That's not what the name of the title was. The original title was Edge of Tomorrow. Did we look this up? Because I want to argue did. this. <laughs> I know I did look it up. So the original title okay. was Edge of Tomorrow. But where the title change came was when the DVDs came out. When the DVDs came out, Live, Die, Repeat was in a bigger, bold boulder like and in a higher part of the the movie box and edge of tomorrow was at the bottom and this is what happened so like people just kept saying live die repeat like that's the name of the movie and then so much so that even streaming services have it under live die repeat colon edge of tomorrow but when you look up anything about this movie or like when you like like if you look it up on uh imdb it's edge of tomorrow it's not live die repeat but so for some I'm going to jump in on here. I did a quick search while you were talking there. So it's uh-huh. based, this, is, this film's based off of a short novel called uh, All You Need Is Kill. 
uh is the and that was the original film yeah that's the that's the name of the book that's a way better title (laughs) yeah so the film was originally uh named that yeah and then they changed it because they didn't want the word kill in the title yeah Mm. to edge of tomorrow right yep and then uh doug lehman rejected the the name and said they wanted to rename the film live die repeat and then they just ended up using it as a tagline so there you go. That's it's just it's such a lame title. I don't like live, die, repeat. It's like, yeah. why are you trying to be a freaking goddamn shampoo bottle? Like these are the directions <laughs> from you using like conditioner and crap like that. That's a lame title. Edge of Tomorrow, at least I think is a great is a good title because it hinders it completely sums up the idea of what a Groundhog Day movie is. You're trying to reach that the next day, but you can't and you get dragged back to the beginning of that same day. And this movie does it wonderfully. I think. It does play on all the same tropes that the original Groundhog Day played. Yeah. Like, oh, remembering things, messing with uh, people, trying to get things to work better. I will say this one was the most fun. Like, it was cool seeing, mm-hmm. like, him, like, coming in. is like, your mom was born on this day. Oh, hey, I know this about your daddy. And, <laughs> like, oh, you picked your nose yesterday or something. Like, yeah. like how does he know all this stuff? And yeah. Like, it's really fun. Yeah. It's honestly the most fun of, like, the of these three movies. Huh. But... There's just some things where it's like, I'm like, he's such a sweet talker that he convinces these guys to like, hey, abandon your unit and come join me for the real fight. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> like, okay, that, that should take days or that, or like, you just met this guy. How does that make, how does that happen? And I guess they established that in the beginning by saying like, oh, I just sweet talk these people to join the army or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just like th- those little things where it's like, has it really changed? Because he's like asking these guys to kill themselves. And then there's the other thing. How do you know you lost it? You you don't ki- you you can't die and then repeat the day like so. You just know like I have I feel it like I I can't repeat the day like how do you know? How about you just you know and then just you know come back. What if you see if you come back? Well, wait. That's the whole point though. If you kill yourself, then you can't help in the cause of stopping it. You can't help in the cause either way. I mean, can't you? I mean, it's better than not doing anything, at least if you die you, doing something. Because at that point, he's like, oh, we have to go to this other place. That's the real location. But I honestly don't know how to get there. And it's like, and I can't repeat. It's like, well, how do you know? Just kill yourself and find out. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, but then I can't help. And it's like, like you can't help anyways. I like how Joey is essentially pushing this person to commit suicide. <laughs> I mean, he's we, already done it a couple times. We Podcasters Cut do not condone <laughs> suicide. Please, please call the hotlines, talk to people. Yeah, no, yeah. If you believe you're reliving the same day, it's just quarantine. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's so, not. so on on that, what you're saying, uh, there there is a couple plot holes in this yeah. movie, and they're pretty big. There's some very big ones. Uh, my first complaint of the plot holes is the ex machina that they have at the end. Mm. Like basically having yeah. the thing stabbed into his leg and he knows exactly where like the mother bird or whatever you want to call right. it is. That I, I'm not a big fan of ex machinas. And I, I feel like they could have figured out a better way of handling that. Uh, yeah. But the second plot hole True. is a much bigger one. And it's if he resets the day... The aliens also reset the day at the same time. So why didn't they ever set a true trap at the beach? Like, what do you mean? Like, said like, oh, so why didn't he convince people? 
Yeah, like he like there's like like so basically he's able to kind of get better and better each time he dies, right? And he's able to kill all the aliens. He knows exactly where they're at. But the problem is every time that the day resets, she resets as well. And she knows. That's the whole point of this, is that she knows as well. And so she can basically reset up the defenses. That's the whole reason she has this kind of uh kill right. switch on her alphas. And they never really kind of explain that. They just kind of try to keep that on the side. I mean, that's, that's a really good that's point. one of the bigger plot holes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because if they know, then why why not figure it out? And I think Emily Blunt and the science dude like mention it that like you only have a certain amount of tries before they start they, before they realize that you're not doing it. Yeah. So right. I, I guess it really depends. It's not because it's not time travel, and it's not yeah because it's not time travel. It's not like at the start of the day they realize, oh, he has the power, I can do that. It's probably not until like halfway through the battle that they realize, wait, how is this person solving all this? But that's a mm. leap that I have to literally make to make the movie work. So yeah, I guess and I'm okay is- with that, and I'm okay with that. But it's a fairly large plot hole in regards to this movie, though. True, it is yeah. true. But I mean, when it and this is my thing with every movie, it's like, yo, you can't. Yeah, guess what? People also can't fly. There's no such. There's no real evidence of aliens. Like you, you have to put something aside. But I, I think the movie still works in all the other ways that it was supposed to work. And I think yes, I can... and and I agree with that. I like. I just. I think it would have been kind of cool if they had said something like, "Oh, you know, because he's resetting the day. It doesn't actually reset for the mother alien, whatever you want to call it." Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then that way, you know, like just to drop a line in there that that way we understand that it's it's a separate reset compared to the uh, the mother. And I think that would have gone a long way. Um. But I do like in this movie that they pay attention to a lot of details, a lot of details. Hmm. And uh, I want to talk about the helmet specifically for Tom Cruise. Okay. So in the first time you see uh, Tom Cruise fall out of the dropship. Yeah. You actually see the visor break when he hits the beach. Mm -hmm. Every time after that the helmet gets in better and better shape in each drop, which means they had to have that prop made for every time it dropped. It gets in better quality. It doesn't break. It stays on. It doesn't get crooked to the point that he goes, you know what? I don't need this helmet anymore because I know exactly what's going to happen anyway. And that's why they he finally just gets rid of it. But it's funny that they show just so much detail. And it's like literally half a second on the beach. And they spent that much time to show this kind of iteration of how much better he's getting every time he lands on the beach. I thought it was just a nice touch. You think that's one of the like, okay. Do you think that is because it is Tom Cruise? Because Tom Cruise is arguably one of the biggest action stars of the last maybe 10 years with everything Mission Impossible. Like, I think when I think action stars before we used to think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, we used to think of Jean-Claude Van Damme for some of us. But like Sylvester Stallone, Bruce Stallone, Willis, Steven Seagal, Bruce Willis, right? Bruce but for Willis, me, Bruce Willis, yeah, yeah. Like for me, like I think Tom Cruise because he does a lot of his crazy own stunts because he does action and he does it well. Like we talked about this like a few weeks ago. Like he yelled at his his people, the people his working crew? on yeah. yeah his crew. Thank you um, for not following directions. And he is a producer on almost every single thing he does. Maybe he doesn't get the title, but I guarantee you, like these details were probably because of him. Because he's such a crazy, maniacal person that wants everything to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. 
Yeah, him and, him and really, Will Smith. I, and there's more. There's probably a lot more of it in the movie. I just it was just the one that I really wanted to focus in on because I noticed it the first time he dropped out when I rewatched it, and it was just it was fascinating to keep watching it how it grew, and it was awesome. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Who directed the movie? Do you guys know? No, I didn't get a chance to look it up. Uh, the director is one second. Um, Doug Le- Lehman. Doug Lehman. Why does that name familiar? What did he do? Didn't we just talk about him? I feel like we did. Someone just mentioned Swingers. Him. Oh, Swingers. Born Identity. Oh, well, there Mr. You and Mrs. Smith. There Jumper. And uh, American Made. Which is a good movie. Which one? American Made. Oh, that's the one with also freaking Tom Cruise, right? And with the code. Yeah. yeah, I've seen parts of it. Mm-hmm. I think when we had HBO at the house, <laughs> I watched <laughs> parts of it. It, was, it seemed interesting. It seemed like a less, fun, a less good version of Blow. He did Jumper. Yeah, he just mentioned it. Yeah, I know. I just, I I um I just remember what movie that is. I looked, uh, he said it, and I was like, "What movie is Jumper? Why does it sound lame?" Uh, and I, no, I didn't say it was lame. I was just like, "That sounds familiar," and I looked it up. Anyways, yeah, I mean, I think that oh. I mean, good person to do the movie. And overall, I mean, he clearly knows mm-hmm. how to direct action at the very least. And like, you have Tom Cruise, you can't really go wrong. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the visuals were pretty cool with like the guns popping out in the back, the sand and, detail of everything going on. Oh on the beach. yeah, it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. For some reason, it just this movie was just a lot of fun, but didn't really stick. didn't add anything. I would I would watch the second one. Would I rewatch this same movie? No, because I think it because it replayed the same thing over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. He was like re- at some points he just redid the same day over and over again mm-hmm. with maybe like a minor detail. And I mean that's great that they show that, but I'm like, eh. No, you're right. Like like. The more we talk about it, the slowly I'm being swayed away from this being the best of the three because there are slight things like I think for when this movie came out, it was definitely the best version of Groundhog Day. Now, is it the same? Is that the same thing considering now that Palm Springs has come out? I, there's like a slight little part of me that wants to give it to Palm Springs, but yeah. I still appreciate that this is different than other Groundhog Days because it is set in wartime. Yeah. And that's yeah. a unique way of using it. Like, the idea that he's like learning and growing as he goes every single day. And like, people are like, yo, this dude is just like some random guy who recruits people. And then yeah. suddenly he's a badass on the beach that would blow anybody's mind. And that's a smart use yeah. of this power. And how many lifetimes do you think he lived? Because it's obvious it's not in the hundreds. We're talking thousands, if not hundreds of thousands that he lived that day. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it has to be, yeah, it has to be a lot. That's a really good point. I hadn't yeah. thought of that. Cause they're like, I can count like four times in the first meeting that we see with her where he's like, he pushes her out of the way inside the thing. And then he shoots outside, shoots up and then shoots out to the side. And he's like, Oh, come over here. And then they break in and then he shoots it again. So that's like already like what, four times that, that he would have at least died. Yeah. And all yeah. situations. So there's like uh-huh. several and, times and, in one scene. Yeah. That, and just that. And then as they keep developing it, you can see every time he's done it and they, and they play with it quickly. Like they, you show an understanding that like, okay, you now need to do these steps to get to this point. And then they go, okay. And then they show it again, like these, now you got to do these steps and move this way. And then like in the end scene, when they're trying to get the, uh, the ex machina machine, basically, uh, they show all the different steps that they need to get to get to it. Yeah. So it's so well done. That that stuff is, to me is great. There's also another part where like, oh, where she used to use like a sword or whatever, mm. and I guess be, 
they explain it in the book or something or whatever what the original thing came from uh-huh. i guess like uh they don't show it in the movie but she learned that being shooting with a gun was like too like uncivilized uh, no 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 she um she w- she found out she would run out of bullets too fast cuz she she oh. she she just kept shooting 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 and a sword lasts a lot longer so she could actually use that for a longer period that's, of time. That's a smart little detail that they should have added to the movies. But again, like you don't really need it. It's from know? her part of the story, so I guess that's mm. why they don't really have time to show it. I mean, it would be cool if they did a prequel to this movie and they showed you what she did. That'd be dope. Plus, you would see, like, you'd know that it, it, it would be like a Rogue One, where you know the ending is bad, but you get to see the character development of her and her, oh, her, yeah, her yeah. Like, partner, boyfriend kind of a well, thing. Well, I guess her, that... That ending wouldn't be bad. It's just she'd find out that it was for nothing. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, I think that would be a cool way of doing oh. it. Like Rogue One did a great job with like a depressing ending, and I think it quote unquote depressing ending. Yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent. Oh, you froze. Emily yeah. Blunt learned. Say that again. Oh, I froze. Say it again. Uh, I was gonna say that I would love to see Emily Blunt in this movie as a prequel because it would just be yeah. her headlining it, and it would just be her kind of the same thing, kind of learning how to deal with all this and just becoming a badass with a sword and killing aliens. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and then they could easily add that detail, and it would just it would be a simple yet effective movie that I think a lot of people would appreciate it. Plus, you have a leading woman yeah. who's amazing at acting. And then they say visions, but he only had like one, right? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I feel like- yeah. You only had one. Yeah. How come she had visions? Mm, good point. Mm. Maybe she just kept every time I, she would repeat. She just saw Paul Bettany come out. <laughs> like, ah, so I have, a, I have a bit of movie trivia for you guys on this movie. Oh, Ooh. we haven't done one in a while. All right. Let us fail. I want to talk about, let's, let's talk about Bill Paxton being one of two actors uh-huh. who has been killed by, ready? An alien? A Terminator and a Predator. Oh crap! So he's one of two. One of two. Alien, Predator, and what? Uh, a Terminator. Terminator. Hmm. The first one that came to mind was Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman was an Independence Day, but I don't remember mm. him being killed by a. Uh, what's it called? I want to be like cheap and just say Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I don't think he was killed by an alien. I mean, let's yeah, just say Predator, Predator is, is an alien. <laughs> and then who's the guy who plays um the other the black guy from Rocky? Oh, Apollo Apollo Creed, but I can't think of his name. Do you guys right want now. do you guys do you guys want a little bit of like a hint to kind of go towards the right answer here? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go for it. Android. Android. Immediately, I thought of Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) (laughs) Same here. I was like, Android? Uh, Okay. So, Alien, Predator, and what was the other one? I keep forgetting that one. Uh, Predator. Uh, Terminator. 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 Oh, it's the dude who comes out in freaking the original Alien. The dude who plays an android. What's his damn name? I can't think of his name. What's his name? Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen. Yeah, the guy who's literally an android (laughs) who does the like five finger death thing. Oh, in the first Alien. Yeah, because he gets killed by an alien. Oh my god! And then I don't know which Terminator. Which Terminator movie did he come out in? So he gets shot repeatedly by a T eight hundred in Terminator film, the original Terminator film, and then in. Oh, oh, um, he does. He's one of the cops. I haven't watched that movie in a long time. I watched it like last year. And then in. In Alien vs. Predator, he pays, plays Wyland. Oh, that's right! 
Hmm. So, I, I like, didn't watch gets, that one. He gets stabbed. I didn't watch Alien vs. Predator. I did watch Alien vs. Predator 2, which is so weird. That's that's a that's a bad choice. I will say this, though. I just want to let you know. Axton was killed by an alien, a Terminator, and a Predator, but the Twister couldn't get him. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a really good point. <laughs> Tornadoes have no effect on him. <laughs> Damn. That's crazy. You know what's funny? I was, I was like, like, tw- like, Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton, I always confuse those two. Yeah, it's kind of hard sometimes. Even in my head right now, I'm not sure. I, Bill I Pullman? It. Yeah. Like it's, it's stuck he comes it. out in Independence Day. He's the president. Okay. Bill Pullman. I do know. And then. Bill Paxton was in Twister. Paxton. Right. Mm-hmm. Pullman Paxton. <laughs> For some one reason, also their, their carries the Schwartz the and the other one doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now. Next movie? Palm Springs. We gotta, we gotta grade it. We gotta grade it. Don't we have to? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Um, mm, I'm trying pre- to go based on what I think. I, uh, I want to say, if we're doing action movies, this movie is a nine point seven for action movie. But if we're just doing general movie, I think it's a like for a general audience. I think most people would agree with an eight point seven. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna give it a. I'm going to give it a solid, oh, damn, I was going to give it a 7, but now I'm kind of going back. I want to give it a 6.8, 6.9 maybe. Damn. Yeah. Ooh. I'm a, I'm a solid 8.7 on this one. 8.7? I feel like it's really good. It's just fun. Yeah. Like, they, they do the tropes really well. You know what you're getting. I... It's better than source code, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, light so, is better for me. Yeah, yeah, But I feel like it's, it's similar, and I think the action is way pumped up. Oh, yeah. And... And maybe some of the character development was a little bit better, because he's right. Growl's right. He's like you kind of do feel for Tom Cruise's character towards mm-hmm. the end, but I feel like that kind of grimy part of him, like that like shysty mm-hmm. kind of guy. Yeah, he that's still part of him, so it doesn't really develop that much. He just got better at it, I guess. Okay. Ooh, this actually kind of reminded me, and I forgot I had it on my notes on this movie, and I apologize that I'm bringing it up at the end here. <laughs> no, no, no worries. Um. Have you not listened to this podcast? You, yeah, exactly, right? Do you, at the end of that movie, do you actually think they killed the aliens? No. No. I don't either. I think it was a reset <laughs> of the day again. Yeah, it is. I, I, I feel like it's just them screwing with them to make them feel like, oh, we win, but not really. Yeah, no. And that's why I think yeah. that movie deserves a number two, because that story afterwards would be just as good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the case. I think that the case is that the, it's a false hope that they create once the because it would be weird not to have a uh, a dead kill switch for the alien, right? The main mm-hmm. alien. You'd expect the same thing to happen, right? Where he resets the whole day. And uh, I think that's the case here. I, I honestly think it was a false hope, and it wasn't the case that they didn't win. Wait, I thought they. It's told that they didn't win. Like, no, no, yeah, they 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 say they won. They say they won that battle that from the very beginning. No, they say that most of the aliens have been destroyed and it's over. Yeah. When he's flying in the helicopter, and that they're and they're, and they're just pl- and they're just plying, uh, they're just plowing through the fields of uh, Europe. They're not even giving resistance. They're just dying. Oh, yeah, and obviously he wakes up in the helicopter instead of waking up. No, he doesn't wake up in the helicopter. Yeah, he, he wakes up. Yeah, in he wakes helicopter. up in the helicopter. Same, same exact scene. The same exact movements as if he, his day got reset. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. I mean, overall, would love to see a second movie. Probably not going to get a second movie yep. unless it's like five, ten years away. 
than in most likely because I mean Constantine 2 is coming out hopefully and that'll be dope to watch Constantine 2? yeah I remember I talked about this Constantine 2 is going to be I thought happen. they were remaking it no 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 it's a number 2 with oh. Keanu Reeves and everything oh. and also they just announced movie news in the middle of the freaking podcast um Taron Egerton is going to be playing uh John Constantine for the Sandman uh in Netflix uh, show oh okay okay for the Sandman? okay yeah. Like the comic book Sandman or? Yeah, yeah, like Neil Gaiman Sandman. What? Yeah, they've already released cast and everything. Wow. Yeah, and he's, because he played him in the audiobook version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now Terry Edgerton's going to play him in real, and Have you guys life. listened to the audio version of that? No, I've been wanting to though. It's good. Anyways. <laughs> Palm Springs. <laughs> Palm Springs. <laughs> Interesting. We were just talking about how many days do you think these characters went through? Uh, the writer of Palm Springs actually said how long he has been stuck in the time loop for. Oh. Ooh, I want to know this. I really want to know this. You guys okay. want to guess? I can guess. All right, go for it. I'm going to guess it's been 200 years. 200 years. Grow? 1,200. 1,200 years. That's a lot. That is a lot. Unfortunately, you guys way overestimated the amount of days he's been living in it. Damn. Oh, apparently at the start Damn. of the movie. At the start of the movie, I don't know if it's at the start of the movie, but he confirmed it. Andy Ciara, I can't say his name. Yeah. Um, he said he's been stuck in it for 40 years. 40 years. Damn. I we, definitely overshot it. Wow. Yeah. Like, it feels like a lot, but I guarantee you 40 years is still a long time to be reliving the same day. Yeah, I guess that's true. And this movie, like, we were talking- 65 days, yeah. I mean, Grau mentioned earlier about how the details in Edge of Tomorrow were really good with the helmet. This movie's details are insanely good. Yeah. Like, uh, it's on Hulu. We mentioned it last week that we were going to watch this movie. You should have watched it. So I'm going to slightly spoil some stuff at the end when uh, J.K. Simmons' character comes in and goes, all right, douchless, what are, what are your girlfriends going to tell me? Yeah, yeah, If you notice, he's wearing his tux, yeah, which yeah. immediately tells you he's already out of the day. Because when he meets yeah, him, yeah. he's always wearing the freaking uh, the Hawaiian shirt. Well, he wears it sure. a couple days yeah. into it, too. Yeah. He wears it a few times, but then he stops. Like yeah. When he first meets him, he's wearing a tux, but every other time, the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Which, more trivia, do you know where that came from? The Hawaiian shirt? Yeah. Lonely Island? No. Lonely, uh, Lonely Island? Uh, I'm on uh, a boat? <laughs> no. Okay, okay. Uh, like, where'd that shirt come from, or where that Where idea? the idea of the shirt came from and why he wears it. Oh, okay, okay. Probably from Dragon Ball Z. No, he wears it because it's the same shirt and, like, style shirt that Leonardo DiCaprio wears in Romeo and Juliet. No way. Yeah. And if you put them side by side, it's the same. And they did it on purpose. Like, a lot of the costume designs are based upon other movies. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was tripped out when I saw it. I was like, what? This is crazy. Okay. You know what's funny? J.K. Simmons played with Andy Samberg, like, in another movie. And uh, I love you, man. Yes, he plays a dad. dad. Yeah, he was Paul Rudd's dad and Andy Samberg's dad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what were you gonna say? Steve? I was gonna say so if they if they made it so that he's lived forty years, that means uh, Kristen Melody's character, uh, what's her name, Sarah. Yes, had to have lived at least half that lifetime as well. Well, that's the thing they don't mention. They don't. I don't, he didn't mention, at least from what I was reading, whether or not he starts at 40 days or the entire time he was stuck in the loop was 40 years. Uh, sorry. They don't know if, it, if at the start of the movie it's been 40 years or at the end of the movie it's been 40 years. Because See, I think the movie's 40 years because the amount of time that it requires her to learn um, right. 
like what is it called uh, uh quantum physics black hole physics and stuff yeah. like that like yeah. th- i'm sorry but you can learn all that without 40 years of knowledge yes i agree Grau would know he teaches <laughs> physics <laughs> i mean yeah that's the other thing too where like he says he tried everything but he didn't like try like no that fool gave up so fast well that's the thing about his character right is he just doesn't care like he mm. is completely but- apathetic to the situation that gets me to my, my main point of this movie. Do you give up the, the ability to live forever to go back? I mean, I, that's one of the reasons why I like this movie and why I, and Andy Samberg does a good job acting it because he has that moment of it's like, why? Why am I going to go back to like terrible mundane stuff all the time and a place where I could die? Like, I don't yeah. want to die. Like, as a person who's terrified of dying, I don't know if I would want to leave. I, don't know. I, I will tell you that if I had the opportunity to live in that environment the way he was trying to do, like stay there forever with Sarah, I would take that. Yeah. I would have no problem with that. I feel bad for Sarah because she has to be reminded of that. Uh, yeah. Of what's course. it called? That uh, mistake. <laughs> I, guess, I was trying to like yeah. not give it away, but the mistake that she's made. Right. And she has to keep reliving that and be reminded of that every day she wakes up after having a great day. Yeah. Which is a great way to start off the movie. Like, it's a great, it's a great use of when you wake up. Because mm-hmm. it's something that I think yeah. not a lot of Groundhog Day movies do. Where, like, oh, where are they waking up? Where do they start their day? And this one, it really hits home that, like, mm. yo, you're in a shitty situation. And you're going to have to live through this kind of a thing. I, and you know what? I agree with that. And it, it kind of, like, to give credit here, Kristen Melody plays a great, does a great job playing off Andy Samberg on this. Because yes, 1, she does amazing job on this and she's extremely underrated i think she got hammered by playing um how i met your mother she had a very bad role in that and i think it really killed a lot of part of a lot of aspects of her career but i think she is a fantastic actress and can really carry her own in this i feel like Um, she needs more roles i 100 percent agree with you yeah the uh but i think she wouldn't have left if she had woke up in a different situation oh like if she yeah that's a really good point because she does mention like my situation is terrible like where i go yeah. wake up that i mean yeah that's a good argument to have whether or not she would actually leave if she woke up in her own bed every day would she want to leave yeah that's true I don't I think mean, I think... well because because that's uh uh jk simmons character says to andy samberg uh basically or what's his name niles right niles yeah uh he basically says find your irvine you know, find your place where you're happy and you'll always be happy in your yeah. world. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. That, uh, what was I going to say about this movie? Man, I just forgot it. <laughs> Anyways. Well, here's another thing. So in all the scenes that they show all the ways that freaking uh, J.K. Simmons has killed uh, Sandberg. Oh, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> one of the ways that he comes out in is he's dressed up as Fletcher from Whiplash. Oh, with, with the, the black shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? That's so cool. I didn't notice <laughs> it the first time, but I watched it the second time. I was like, wait a second. Rewind it, looked at it. I was like, oh my God. I just remembered. Yeah, Sorry. I figured. <laughs> I figured that would happen. The dinosaur part. Do oh. you guys think that the dinosaurs are real or is it ambiguous? Like, because you see them at the I end. I got out. Oh. Okay, so I wanted, that's great, because I really wanted to talk about this. <laughs> so, originally, yeah. watching through it, I was going with, okay, it's the mushrooms. They're on the mushrooms, mm-hmm. and, the, and, and that's the reason why they're seeing the dinosaurs. Right. 
But if you watch the whole way through and based on the explosion that they create in a time paradox, basically. Right. I think they broke time. I agree. Yeah, same here. (laughs) Because I have a theory that I was going to bring up. I almost forgot about it, but I agree with you. And when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, my God, they're just tripping on shrooms. Like, this is dope. Uh, And then I thought at the end when they show you the credits and you see them walking across, I'm like, they're not tripping on shrooms. Yeah. Like, what the heck is going on? Why are these dinosaurs existing? Yeah. Um, the theory that I had, like, when I first watched the movie and we watching it this last time, I was explaining it to Danielle, but she was like, you're just crazy. Um, I think that that explosion that they created, like you're saying, actually makes more sense, is that it, they screwed up time. But I think the grandma is Kristen Melody's character. And I think that she Ooh. herself is stuck in a time loop. Either she's stuck in a time loop she somehow got messed up, sent to a different time era, relived her own life, and she's her own grandmother because... She's her own grandmother? She might be. I don't know how that... That's the only thing. Because she says, like, two times that the grandmother comes out, she's like, I've been to so many weddings. And Andy Samberger goes like, yeah, trust me, I've been to more. Yeah. And she's like, no. And kind of, like, walks away. Yeah. And I'm like, that was too poignant, too much on the nose for it to be the thing. And then the second time it happens again when she comes out at the end. And she talks to Chris Maloney. She goes... You know, you really do have to learn to like move on and accept things for the, what they are. And it's a very like wise thing to say, which you can throw away to being like, oh, this is an old lady. She's lived forever. But I think it's her being stuck in a time loop and like reliving the day and knowing everything that has happened because she's relived all these types of things. And I think that she the reason I think it's her is she goes, you know, did I ever tell you, honey, that my mom also died at a young age? And Kristen Melody's mom died at a young age. age yeah. And I'm like, that, that is too much on the nose mixed with the dinosaurs that, that something's not going on in there. And you don't, she makes a mention of it like, oh, I don't know what happens when we blow ourselves up. Like we could be shot in forward into time, back into time. We could just die. And I think that's one of the things that happened. Because mm. if this day relives over and over again, and if it's an infinite universe and in a pocket dimension, then she herself could, in theory, have done it multiple times and gone in different directions. Which means that it's not actually the next day at the end of the movie. It could be 20, 30 years in the future, and that's why that, that family's there. Exactly. It's, there's so many little fun things about this movie where they, they don't fully explain everything, but the science is sound. Apparently, the guy that she's talking to on the computer is a legit scientist who they asked for the questions on all the, uh, for all the science stuff. Cause like that was a great mm-hmm. description. Because <laughs> at the end too, like don't they get caught by that family though? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So like they mm-hmm. came back the next day. So they, you know, that they're in the next day. But like that—that's the point. Grau's making is like you don't really know. Do they even know? It could like, be any they... day. Mm, I guess that's true. Now, ironically, I will throw this into the into the mix here. Um, the writer came out. Andy Sierra said said that. Oh no, the dinosaurs are real. What? Yeah, he said that they're in this universe where a time loop can occur and you can get yourself out of a time loop. Uh-huh. Don't you think that dinosaurs could also exist? I guess that's true. I, that's what he said. Like, it's, it's meant to be more like, oh, those are real, not fake. But also, who would not notice dinosaurs? In Paul's I, I think, I, I honestly think in this case that they just basically might have dropped themselves into another reality where, mm-hmm. like, again, where there is no control over anything in regards to how they broke time. And that's it. I mean, I don't think it's a, as happy of an ending that it is on face value. 
I think if you like when I first watched this movie, I thought it was a happy ending. Right. Like I honestly thought it was a happy ending. This second walkthrough playthrough, I don't think this is as happy of an ending as you think it is. I think this is actually like they screwed things up big time and stuff's about to hit the fan. I mean, that's a really good point. Like, I like the idea. I like that version of an ending slightly better because it's like, yeah, they got out, quote unquote, but they also messed up the timeline. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Would you watch a sequel of this movie? <sighs> would you guys watch the sequel? Any? I'm throwing. It I out. think it would cheapen this first movie, and I would. That would be a mistake because as this as it is is a very strong movie. It doesn't need more. Yeah, um, I don't. I, think, I agree. I, like, I think it, it would make yeah. it worse. I don't think there's a reason for another one. Like Edge of Tomorrow, there's a reason for it. There's story you can do. This one, like, what are you gonna do? Like, they get stuck in another time loop. Didn't they learn the lesson the first time? And if they get stuck in a second time loop, don't they know how to escape it already? No, now you see Roy's version of it, where he pumps out. So we could do that, right? But, like, is that as interesting? Like, how, what are you going to do differently that's going to make me be like, oh, this is awesome? Oh, growl stop. Oh, oh, he's back. I'm, uh, so, while we were talking here, so, what was the name of the goat? Sammy or something like that? Whatever. I don't remember the name of the goat. I just know that the goat. I think they just say it's somebody's goat or something. So the goat disappeared. Right. And that's something I brought up with Daniil too. <laughs> they didn't disappear because J.K. Simmons comes back and they're still there. Exactly. Which makes me think there has to be a different, either they got extremely lucky, they broke something, or it's a different parallel universe. And I, that's the whole thing with Groundhog Day movies. You don't know how they exist. You don't know if it's a pocket dimension where you're reliving the same day, or it splits out and branches and makes a new timeline. Or you're just in a different uh, frequency of a dimension, like in Flash half the time. Damn, you're right. I forgot about that, that he's there. Yeah, because the goat's gone. Where the hell did the goat go? <laughs> huh. Oh, this is going to... That's a, that's a mine F right there. Well, I mean, the, one of the things about the movie, apparently the ending was decided based upon um, their friends and family's reactions. Like this yeah, ending I read that too. had the best ending that they showed, so they threw it in there. Mm. And like they tried to make the movie like they they said all the other Groundhog Day movies exist in this movie, but the characters don't outright mention them because they, they want the movie to feel timeless. And if that's the case, they want it to feel timeless. Maybe it's because they did break time and everything's all messed up. Hmm. You know what? I did everything I could to see if they released any information about any of the alternate endings. And there are none. They, they are tight lipped about every other version of any ending that was shown. Like, no one talked about it. That's insane. And I thought that was really interesting. That's like some dedication based upon your friends and family to not yeah. ruin your or spoil your movie. Like, that's awesome. Maybe, well, this movie just barely came out last year, so who knows? Maybe, like, in a couple of years, they'll be like, yeah, here, here's a DVD with all the different endings. I mean, those don't exist, well, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, with source, code, with source Code, the alternate ending is basically really simple. They get rid of the whole bean stuff, and they just, it just, it's the kiss, and then it pauses, and then it unfreezes for a half a second, and then it goes to black. Oh, so it's, yeah. a, it's a freaking Inception ending. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm. That would have that, that kind of been infuriating. Just, <laughs> I would have been pissed. What would your alternate ending for Palm Springs be? It just goes to black and they blow up. Oh yeah? <laughs> just goes to black? Goes to black. I think that's like the that would be I think that's their original ending. I think the original ending is them going into it, they kiss, 
it blows up and it fades to black. There is no, it's your choice to come up with the answer. For me, it would have been, uh, they, they kiss, they blow up, and then it's just them at that pool. And that's how it ends. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's just as good, I think. Because then you don't know whether or not it's the next day or the same day. Yeah. That's also a really good mm-hmm. idea. Like, so you know they survived, so you're like, okay, well, they're together. But... Are they happy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a really good point, too. I, so, do you guys think that they took a little beat out of source code with the whole kiss and then move on the next day? Because, <laughs> I mean, that's how no. both of them... <laughs> mm. This one, actually, at least I feel like they fell in love. Like, it wasn't like, you know, on Forced. this one where one guy's creeping in on someone else's woman. Um, yeah, that was like, another thing. Well, what the fuck? Like, that guy just took, yeah, he just took over that guy's life? Yeah, I mean, yeah. right. Here's the thing I want to bring up because I thought about this when we were watching the movie is, well, okay, so we give crap to freaking Wonder Woman falling in love with a different version of Chris Pine. But where was all the hate when freaking Jake Gyllenhaal stole some dude's body and ended up living their life? Well, no no one watched know, it, that's why. For all we know, Sean Faraday in Source Code yeah. had a wife and a life. Oh, wow, you're right. He was a teacher or something, right? I mean, who knows? <laughs> He's like, nah, I'm not teaching no more. He's like, wow, really? He's like, yeah, I'm going to get into the army stuff. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> like, how, what is he supposed to do? He's he so different teach- now. <laughs> We've known each other for so many years. Yeah. And you seem so different. <laughs> like, this is such a strange idea of what you would have to do. Like, overall, Palm Springs, I think, does a lot of the fun stuff that you want out of a Groundhog Day movie. Yeah. It doesn't do anything really innovative, but it is fun. And there is funny things that happen. Like, one of my favorite scenes is when there's a bomb in this cake and oh, they yeah. go home and rip the bomb and shoot it away. Like, that was awesome. That was yeah. such a good thing. Just make freaking... up different storylines. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be dope. So that whole dance Dude, sequence? I, I, yeah. The dance I was going to bring up, that, exactly. I, I love the dance, the stupidness of it. Uh, it seems like straight out of an, out of an SNL script. Like, yeah. it yeah. is <laughs> so freaking funny. I think that's why I like this one more more because it kind of played around with all that yeah. a little bit more. Kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, you think you're doing this whole choreography and at the end of it, you're like, I wonder how many times I did this to like to perfect to perfect it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just it, it's everything that I, you love about what you'd like to see in a Groundhog Day movie, which is kind of like what the first one did, like Groundhog Day did, mm-hmm. where it kind of just did like he learned the piano and people think like, how the heck? How many lessons did he have to take to, to like be able to learn that? To, yeah. to be able to and learn like that. This, how did you learn the physics? How long did it take? Yeah, yeah, and it, it just yeah. all all that stuff. And then he also changes as a person. Uh, Kristen Melody, her character changes. Andy Samberg's character changes. Even J.K. Simmons' character changes. Mm-hmm. It like this whole time loop scenario makes everyone change. Everyone involved change. Yeah, and not just like the main character. Right. You know? I mean, they to some extent they even kind of affected the people that they were like in the day to day with. You know, wow, mm-hmm. Tyler Hoshian, I can't think of his last name right now. The groom, oh, like yeah. Superman, because he plays Superman in CW oh, really? shows. Yeah, he does. Um, he <laughs> growl shakes his head. No, <laughs> he's like, I hate this guy. But so like he even changes. Right. You're kind yeah. of you're kind of given the idea that maybe he's not a douche anymore. That he that maybe. like conversation kind of did affect them. Yeah. And like, we hope that that's the case, but it's possible that it did change because of everything that happened. So who knows? Yeah. Like, overall, I think the movie is a fantastic one. I don't see a reason why anyone should not watch this movie. Yeah. I think like overall, hey, this one and Edge of Tomorrow compete for the best ones for me. Over, like, because yeah. there's a lot of yeah. Groundhog Day movies that we're not talking about. 
I mean, we we purposely stayed away from Groundhog Day. One, because yeah. I've watched it so many times and I could tell you about it. But like, there's not much interesting out of it. Once you watch these movies, it's kind of like, oh, I've seen this before. Yeah, well, it's the other one. Uh, Happy Death Day to you is the one that comes to my head. Ooh, that's Wait, a good one. I never got to watch, but you t- said it was good. Yeah, I watched that. Uh, does it play with any of the same tropes that we have in these movies? Yeah. yeah. But there's like a the gimmick or the the weird thing is that she, all the times that she's like killed herself or like, or every time she's de- been dead, it actually affects her. Like the, oh, when nice. she comes back. Like, she'll have, like, oh, whoa, like, you're actually, like, like, my whole body is sore or something like that. Or, like, hey, why does it look like you've taken a whole bunch of blows to the head? And it's like, oh, Oh, like, it's actually, yeah, so it's actually affecting her. And this guy keeps trying to kill her in a baby, like, baby baby mask. And that's the whole thing. It was like, dude, this guy keeps killing me and he's eventually going to succeed. Like, (laughs) and it's, uh, it's actually pretty, and uh, I will like to say that I guess the killer Oh, did you from the from the trailer? And from I told, the trailer, I told my girlfriend. I'm like, she really wanted to watch it, and I told her, I that's the killer. And then she goes, "How do you know?" And I'm like, "I'll bet you like a popcorn and ice cream the next time we go to the uh, like <laughs> to the theater." And she's like, "All right." And then we went, and she's like, "Damn!" It's like I owe you popcorn and ice cream. And I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> I now people are gonna watch the trailer and go like, "Okay, let me see who the killer is." <laughs> like, hey, that's a good question. I mean. I have mentioned it in the podcast, not to my own horn, just saying that some movies are predictable. Do you, how do you feel about watching movies sometimes, Grout? Do you feel like you can guess the ending before it even happens? So I watched trailers for the first time this week because of this podcast. <laughs> I have now t- completely stopped watching trailers because they give away the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't stand, I can't stand watching trailers anymore. Um, so with with that i like to get go into movies blind because it's a lot more enjoyable so i look to see does this have a good rating or is like this any talk about this movie and then i'll go watch it um because of that because otherwise everything gets spoiled to you right uh you know things like what we're getting now with like disney plus and and like uh hbo max where we're getting these long format shows and movies you know we don't get spoiled It, it it because they release it at just a little bit at a time and we get that full story and that full effect like uh like at the end of Mando season 2 without giving that away right. you know that was a great awesome moment yes and it, it is something that i think streaming has really evolved into being like a a society cultural thing where like everyone gets to experience everything at once there's no trailers for it you're just going in completely dark and it does make things better and I and I guess that lends credence to the whole fact that we spoil too much stuff. But at the same time, like when it comes to these movies, like I don't think anybody out there who listens to this podcast was going to watch Source Code. Like I, when I, <laughs> I, I, I no one. But now maybe you might, and you might enjoy it, and it might be your favorite one. I know, like for Danielle, she thought this was a completely different movie. <laughs> she was all like, "Wait, doesn't this person come out?" And I'm like, "No, they don't." Like, wait, didn't it come out like in 2015? I was like, "No, it came out in 2011." She's like, "What?" And then, but like to her credit, I think she's even gotten to the point where she's watched so many movies with me now that like she guesses the ending. It took her four tri- four restarts of the day for, or three, re- no, on the third restart of the day for Source Code for her to realize that the dude is dead. Oh, really? Like that quick. Oh, yeah, I, fig- I, I think I figured it out after the second one where like he, like that basically he's, he's dead. 
Yeah. Um, when the way they were talking to him, I was just yeah. like, okay, this is obvious he's dead. Yeah. I mean, I think that the great thing about Groundhog Day movies is there's so many different versions of the movie you can do. Mm-hmm. And you can put it in so many different tones and explore different parts of the quote-unquote human condition and make it extremely interesting if you devote the time for it. Yeah, Groundhog Day movies are like Freaky Friday movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a really good little point. Bo- body mm-hmm. switching movies, which source code is kind of that. Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, so like those body switching movies are tropes in television and and movies where like once you see it, you're and I think source code kind of did that right where it's all like it just jumped to the action is like all right, this is my mission, I got to do it, and you just kind of cut through that middle part of like what's going on, like I, I don't, and then the whole explanation. And they kind of cut through it really quick. I think that's why that movie is so short. Mm-hmm. Where the guy's like, dude, it's this complicated physical thing. It's called <laughs> source code. Don't worry about it. You got a mission. You guys just got to do it. And yeah. then boom. That's it. Like, that's, <laughs> that's literally the explanation, right? Like, yeah, it is. Unless I'm missing something. No, that was it. <laughs> and in Edge of Tomorrow, they spend a good 10, maybe eight minutes, mm-hmm. like, explaining to him, like, oh, there's this big cell body and that guy. You know, I was so close to it and blah, blah, blah. And that, you know, those alphas, like, oh, like, that's the reason why. And yeah, that's why you, it's all part of the servos, whatever. Palm Springs is that well, too, where it's like, there's a big ass earthquake. There's a thing there. You walked into it. So now you're reliving the same day every day. Yeah. Like, shout out to the store, to the, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie of Palm Springs is when she like tries to go looking for the cave. And then he goes, you have to wait. And he gets on the rock and goes, I am the Antichrist. Yeah. And everything <laughs> starts shaking. I was like. Oh my god! Like that is just a brilliant way to do it. Uh, but my my favorite scene on in this movie is actually shortly after that, where she's talking to him and about all the things that he, all the people he slept with. Oh yeah, and he goes, and then I had <laughs> your father. Oh and yeah, he goes into detail with the father, and she's like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah," and then and then goes for like a half a second, goes, "Nah, just kidding," and it was like, but it was like. She believed it. Like your yeah, father yeah, yeah. was just like willing to go that way. No <laughs> She's like, it's like I guess I'm reliving the same day. Might as well. Be. Yeah, <laughs> Might as well try that out. I don't. Know. I the only thing about Palm Springs that gets me is how the hell did he end up in the cave? How did he end up in the yeah? Cave? Like what was he doing that he ended up in the middle of the desert and he ended up in the cave? Okay. Like, mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Cocaine, Cocaine. <laughs> maybe. I mean, possibly. Yeah, that's a really good point. My thing is that he caught it that he eventually catches his girlfriend cheating, and he walks oh. out to the desert, oh. and he stumbles upon it. Yeah, that's, and that's how he realistic. first. That's probably how he first found out about it. Can we also include cocaine at the end of that? As yeah, well yeah. As I mean, cocaine is definitely a heavy part. Do cocaine. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Ending up the day, I think that'll that's pretty much going to finish it up. But before we go, there is a thing that I instituted when we had our first guest, T, on that I have always wanted to do. And I'm doing a little intro to it again because I'm trying to find everything. Not that I'm not prepared, but <laughs> it's something that I love to go through that is about James Lipton. I like I grew up watching James Lipton's things forever. I think a lot of people who love movies probably watched his stuff just because his interviews were like some of the best things that ever existed. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. to the man. Um, and I think his questionnaire that he got from, uh, I always forget the other dude's name. I'm about to pull it Some up right French now. Dude. Uh, Bernard Pivot. Um, I think it's just so good, and I wanted to go through it with Grau, like I always do. So, Grau, 
the 10 question questionnaire. What is your favorite word? Pomptamus. <laughs> Wait, what? Pomptamus? It's grapefruit in, grapefruit in French. Yeah. But what was the word? Pomptamus is how you say it, uh, grapefruit in French. Pomptamus. Okay. P-O-M-D. This is a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> Number two. Why? Just because just it's fun to say? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's hilarious to say. I mean, <laughs> okay. like, I could go up to some random person, pardon me, do you have any pump de moose? And they just be like, what? <laughs> 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 All right, then. Uh, number two. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? I know uh, this is funny. Uh, I, this, a lot of people hate the word moist, but I like saying it because people moist. hate it. Uh, but let's see. <laughs> my least favorite word would be... Man, that's a hard one. <laughs> I love this questionnaire so much. It's so good. I'm trying to think of one. I, I'm going to go with something that's more personal on this. I think I'm going to say death. Death as a whole Ooh. is a... That's a good answer. Scary and, and, and negative word to me. Okay. That, I like so, that. That's a okay. good one. All right. Uh, question number three. What turns you on? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can take the question however my, you want. Is my wife yeah. is my wife listening? No, um. <laughs> no, probably for sure no. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I mean, honest. Okay, so if if I'm going to answer this correctly, I'll answer this correctly. Um, the, <laughs> Fire. No, okay. There, and I'm going to get actually emotional on this. It's it's okay. actually love. L- love oh, okay. actually is something that is actually a turn on that. Uh, that someone can love you so deeply and emotionally that no matter your flaws, no matter your who you are and the mistakes you make, that you can still have that true love and still move forward and still have an intimate relationship with that person. That's something that's beyond just like having the hots for someone. That is really something that really kind of t- goes beyond any confines of of like um, turn on and stuff like that. And that's a, that is actually a turn on for me. Wow, that was a very beautiful answer. This is one of those moments where I really wish we were recording these. That was really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Number four. What turns you off? Necrophilia. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Great answer. I guess <laughs> we just lost three viewers. <laughs> <laughs> three listeners. <laughs> okay. Number five. What is your favorite curse word? His eyes lit up. Currently, currently, uh, me and a group of people are saying cuck a lot to each other. Um, Okay. (laughs) But I think my favorite curse word would be. I think just the word fuck, right? I mean, that's just you could use it like let's use George Carlin. You can use it in every uh, word of a sentence. Fuck the fucking fuckers. Yeah. And it still works, and that is a hundred percent true. That, that is the correct that is answer. A sentence. <laughs> that is a sentence. I double checked. It is a sentence. Uh, we asked our English major. Uh, number six. What sound or noise do you love? Being okay. Um, if you ever have gone camping in the middle of the night, if you've woken up and gone outside. There is a noise of silence. I feel like I'm Patrick Rothfuss right now talking about the noise of silence. <laughs> um, but there's a noise of silence in, in the forest and being outdoors. 
that noise is my favorite noise. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah, I've experienced that yeah? absolute silence. Yeah. No, I lived for in me Texas. it's always for, <laughs> for me it was like every time I went camping and it was like huh? like that in the middle of the night, it's always like a buzzing sound. Yeah, you know what that is? <sighs> Crickets? It's know. your nervous system. What? Yeah. Like if you do self deprivation, uh, but I'm not you... nervous. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. If you do self deprivation, you get in one of those tanks. The, yeah. the people have said like, oh no, it's not that one. Um, some sound engineer in Europe, I think it might have been a German guy. He uh, created an absolutely 100 percent like soundproofed uh, room. And when people walked in, what they experienced when they came out was like, dude, I heard this weird buzzing and like, like almost like thumping and goes yeah that's your heart and your nervous system going off wow and i was like wow. holy crap so at least you know you're alive uh <laughs> number mm. seven what sound or noise do you hate <laughs> wow gonna go voice. personal on this one i'm gonna personal on this one uh waking up there is that a sound, sound that <laughs> there, there's a there's a sound your heart almost feels like it makes when you wake up scared it's like almost like a i don't know how to describe it uh it's if you've ever woken <laughs> up if you've ever woken up like in and really scared it's okay. that there, you can almost hear your heartbeat that that feeling that noise is what scares me okay all right then what profession I don't know if that makes sense? I think no, I get yeah. what you're talking about. Like the kind of like the <gasps> like Joey said, yeah, like that, like yeah. almost like a thud. Um, yeah. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Astronaut, without a doubt. I would that love to be an astronaut. I would love to see space. I would love to go into a rocket ship and and float around and and just experience life outside of the confines of Earth. Mm. Um, I'm scared. Cool. I would be scared shitless, but I would love to experience it. Um, the next one is a very <laughs> same kind of question is what profession would you not like to hold? Teacher. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> 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 um, so many. Garbage man. You know, I've always plumber. I've always told people uh, I've always told people uh, as, as a teacher, I've always told uh, my students and even you, George. Um, that, you know, find something that makes you happy. Always find something that makes you move forward. And basically that would be the job that would make me not happy is anything that doesn't bring enjoyment to me. Uh, I, I used to be a salesperson in the past and you know this, mm -hmm. and I earned a lot of money. I earned a lot of good money being a salesperson, but it required tons of hours and it kept me away from my family. And that disconnect of being away from my family cost me more emotionally and soulfully that it wasn't worth the money in the long yeah. run. And oh, so yeah. that yeah. is the job that I, I would hate is anything that keeps me away from my family. That's a good answer. Yeah. But playing off of this, cause I do know stories about growl cause I've known him for 10 years growl, but didn't, but didn't that, that job that you're talking about also bring you a handshake from one famous, incredible mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. So I was lucky enough to meet Harrison Ford. Uh, what? As, uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I was uh, working. Uh, yeah, I was at that time working for Enterprise Rent-A-Car. What? And uh, I had a I had a deliver. Well, 
I was a manager at that time, but I ended up oh. delivering that car because I knew it was for Harrison Ford. And uh, I actually... Oh, wait, 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 hold up. Wait, wait, say, yeah, it again, say it again, say it again. what? <laughs> we, we just like, it was right on the thing. <laughs> you delivered the car. So, I delivered the car at an yeah. airport. Yeah. It was a very small airport in Oceanside, California. And uh, at Oceanside, California, they pipe in to the speakers outside because it's a yeah. small airport, all, all the tower talk. So as this helicopter is landing, you hear Harrison Ford talking to the tower saying, um, you know, DH-749er coming in for a landing. And you hear Harrison Ford. And the whole time I'm there, I'm cracking jokes because I'm the only one that knows that it's Harrison Ford. I'm going, yeah. ah, I wonder if Chewie's going to be responding here yeah. soon. And <laughs> <laughs> And then he lands, and I walk out to him, and uh, there's Harrison Ford gets out of his helicopter, and I shake his hand, and I go, here's your car, sir, and we go around it, and I shake his hand like 16 more times after that, because <laughs> I can't get it out of my system, because yeah. I'm meeting Harrison Ford. <laughs> uh, and it was a cool experience. Really nice guy. He was a really great guy. I got a picture with him. I didn't get a picture with him, because I felt he was there um, for a funeral. Oh. And I didn't feel comfortable, I didn't feel comfortable getting a uh, picture with him, because he was there for such a solemn uh, moment. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, so, like, hmm. like I had the same experience with like Patrick Rothfuss the time that I got to meet him. Like, I, I couldn't really. Was there for a funeral? He, his dad had just passed away the day before. Oh, so like it was oh. really kind of messed up, and he was just like, "I'm not the best ability person right now, so keep that in mind." But I always loved that story, and I wanted you to hear it, <laughs> Joey. Damn, that's crazy, I, dude. I will also say I met Patrick Rothfuss, great guy. Actually, wow. on screen, I'll show you. I have his uh, cards. I have his signature on my cards here. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> I have four never... signed books, so in your face, <laughs> one I... of which is a first edition. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met a famous person. Oh no, I don't think so. I met. I'm. I've met. I mean, I've. You count all the authors I've met. There's a few, and then I've met. I didn't get to meet him, but uh, what's his name? Can't think of his name now. Mm. Eh, it doesn't matter. Not that important. <laughs> <laughs> but last question of the James Lipton questionnaire. Oh, my favorite. If heaven exists. What would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gate? Made other people better. Oh, that's a good one. Damn. And with that, that is the end of the podcast this week. Thank you very much, Grau, for being on it. Really appreciate it. Great talking Ooh, to you. Round of applause. Round of applause. Yeah. Come on, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Come on George. Jesus okay. fucking Christ. Okay. I don't want to be loud. The <laughs> But thank you very much, my friend, for being on the podcast. We appreciate you for listening every single day. I appreciate the messages all the I time. I appreciate it, too. Yeah. He follows us on Instagram like everyone else should, at the Podcaster's Cut, and also on Twitter, Podcaster's Cut. Please join in on the conversation. Maybe if at one point or another you guys want to be on the podcast, give us a message, and we'll try to work that out with you. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Well, thank, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks uh, for listening. Next week, we are doing which movies are we doing? Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah and uh, One Night in Miami, I think. Uh, those then, are the ones we're doing, next or week? no, or are we doing the romantic ones? I haven't decided, uh, we haven't decided. Hey, I if, think. It, if it is the what night, what is next week? I don't even know what the hang of next week is. Give it's me it's around Valentine's Day, yeah. So it's probably gonna be Judas and the Black Messiah. If anything, I'll jump in after this so you'll let you guys know. Uh, but thank you for listening, guys. Growl, thank you for being on the podcast. Want to say something before you go? Yep, it's my pleasure, guys. I really appreciate you guys uh, letting me be on here. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. No, thank you. <laughs> it was a, yeah, it was nice to bounce off someone else the, the, other than George. Yeah, I know. I suck. <laughs> Go watch some movies, guys. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. What? Why did I say guy? I don't I know why you said guy. I don't know. I